and welcome to Game Brain, a board game podcast about our gaming group. I am one of your hosts, Tom Donnelly. Glad to be back with you. Glad to be back on the mic. And uh, listen, I think I overused the phrase, a very special episode, but we have a very special episode for several reasons. Reason number one is this is our Christmas episode, ladies and gentlemen. And Hanukkah. And Hanukkah and, and, and Kwanzaa and Krampus and whatever else you celebrate, this is our holiday celebration and uh, the second reason that this is a special, special episode is that the uh, voice you just heard, Ben Madelkar, anytime I'm with you, Ben, it is special. It is. You know what? It's special. And you know what? Hanukkah does start tonight. So this is like our last podcast before the new Hanukkah year. <laughs> I mean, you can see my oil lamp. I put as much oil as I can to hopefully last the eight nights and we'll see. Yeah, I'm making latkes tonight. I'm really excited. It's going to be great. Yeah. But... The silent third person on the podcast is the real reason this is a special episode. She is a beloved part of our Game Brain family, and she has not been on, well, she's not been on our podcast. She's been on podcasts a lot, <laughs> including her own <laughs> podcast that is just crushing us. Ladies and gentlemen, the one, the only, Candace. How are you, Candace? Hey, it's hey, great Candace. to be back. It is great to be back. Good oh. to have you here now, one of the reasons we haven't seen you is is that you've been you. It's been calm season, and you've been all over the planet practically, right? This has been the craziest con season of my life. Now, was this your first time at Essen, or was it? It your is not my. Time? It's my second time at Essen. I went back in 2019 because I was in two of my best friend's weddings that were three weeks apart in Philly. And I'm like, I'm not staying in Philly that long. <laughs> mm -mm. So I flew back in between and I said, hey, Matt, the one is in October. I was like, why don't we just go from Philly yep. to Europe and check out this game convention I heard a lot about? Yeah, seven, like what, seven-hour flight to Germany? Yeah. Eight-hour flight? Well, we flew to Paris and then oh. we trained to Essen oh, and then we fun. went to Munich and did like a whole trip around it. And this was, you know, pre-BGG days, but yeah. that actually kind of planted the BGG seeds because I bumped into Lincoln and finally met Aldi in person there. And Lincoln's like, hey, when we get back, well, I want to talk to you about something. And then... Dude, that's and amazing. You're, yeah. And, and that was one year after our trip to Essen where Trey and Matt and I went to Essen in 2018. So oh, cool. we all we all experienced Essen for the first time right around, like right before the pandemic, right before everything went crazy. So... Currently, the heyday of Essen, when when yeah. everything was still, you know, when the world was normal and the place was the mesa was absolutely packed. Was it was it as how was it? What was it different between twenty and nineteen and this year, other than your circumstances, which obviously change everything? Yeah, so it was very different because I guess when I went in twenty nineteen, I had never been to Gen Con. Mm. I think I had only been to Strategicon, our oh, local. Wow little uh, Los Angeles convention. So I didn't remember, you know, I, I was probably just a little like awestruck when I'm walking in there. I had specific games that I was going to buy, like PAX Transhumanity. You know, I did a bunch of pre-orders. Settlers of Catan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly, <Stratego>. exactly. <laughs> Early All the, the classics. <gasps> but uh, we only went for two days. We went for Thursday and Friday, and then uh, because... You know, part of taking Matt on that trip was that we weren't going to be at a game convention for four full days. <laughs> well, as you now know, Saturday and Sunday get insane. There. Yes. So Thursday and Friday are the best days to be in the Mesa. Totally. So this year was so different. 
Um, because number one, you know, I'm with BGG, yep. like I'm wearing the You're jersey, VIP. I'm going sort of. <laughs> Wait, also, for some, re- if, if for some reason you listen to this podcast, but you don't ever go on to Board Game Geek, which feels strange to have to have that relationship. <laughs> but if that is like if you are not on Board Game Geek a lot, Candace's face is very frequently plastered <laughs> on the very top of the main page. On the front page. They gave like me admin all, rights. Yeah. I don't know. They <laughs> like literally every single day, there's <laughs> almost like a different, there's some photo of Candace up there. So you must have just been getting like swamps. If so, we were to do the image search, I bet you that she is, that, that Candace's face has been on BGG more than Aldi, more than, more than everybody else, more than, more than Lincoln, I think. I think. Like you're the face of, of BGG right now. Yeah, I actually, thank you. You know what? I actually, I'm not even saying this. I think you actually are right because I think that Candace, you are your face is up there more than yeah all the yeah, other. Yeah, I guess like you know Lincoln and Nikki are like for game night, but we don't. I don't know when game night would have been on the homepage because it's been around so long. Uh, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I guess since I'm doing newer things, we're still. I, I, blasting yeah, it I, up i think it's an amazing thing i think it's so it's so fantastic thank you, so thank you so did you did you have an entourage did you have a fan club where okay, people so- calling out like <laughs> Candace, oh my god it's oh my god <laughs> no Sign my underwear so 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 part of the reason that i went and matt actually came too is because we needed a small crew of us to go pick up games at publishers booths so we could bring them back for BGG con. Okay. So we were like the first two days we were, we split up halls and we were going to, you know, pick up games, dropping them in a car, drive the car, drop it off in Beth's hotel room. Did you do, you didn't do any of that on media day on Wednesday? No, Matt and I, so Beth did and Lincoln was there early okay. too, but Matt and I didn't get to, cause we, uh, we flew into Berlin and did a couple of days in Berlin because oh, okay, we had never it. visited Berlin mm-hmm. before, which was really awesome. Good. Um, and I did go to a game shop in Berlin, which was really cool because the guy who worked there recognized me. Oh. Like, oh. So that was kind of neat. And then that's where I got um, Vasco da Gama. They had it new and shrink. Ooh. And I was like, I love Paulo Mori. And, you know, I'd been wanting to do you have that one. Um, no, I, I played it a bunch back in the day. And uh, it was a very great year for board games. So yeah. it didn't quite make my gotcha. keep, keep it cut. And wasn't that the game that Tom Vassell famously <laughs> yes. destroyed? Like yeah. he just like gave like a huge pan, and then the game sort of the game had all the hotness, and then Tom Vassell came out with like a extremely negative review that kind of killed the game's trajectory. Yeah, something like that. Like I heard he threw of it off the roof or something. He did. I, I saw the review. I saw the review. I thought that was Hawaii. No, Hawaii. There was a game called Hawaii that he like actively put in the trash can. But yeah, you're right. Vasco da Gama. <laughs> he threw it off the roof. Uh, well, we, we talked very. We talked before we started p- recording this about when you start to have a big collection, you have to do some serious calls. Hawaii is still in my collection. Oh, wow. I've never played Hawaii. I think I think Hawaii is a very good game. I think yeah. it's, it's like a middleweight euro. So middleweight euros can get lost, especially among heavier players. Yeah, but it's a it's a really solid game. So Tom, chill out, dude. I don't know what's going on with you. <laughs> so, so you're saying we're gonna have a game day where we play all the games that Tom Vassell has thrown off, or maybe the roof? just like a midweight a midweight game day. Like I can, you know what? I haven't played in forever is Yokohama. Like that's such oh, an amazing so game, good. and I've I, never I will, played that game. I will say that you you could probably. Put together a very good game day of games Tom Vassell slammed, <laughs> and and enjoy yourself entirely the entire day. Because he didn't like Food Chain Magnet, right? I don't remember. It's, well, I think he re- to, I th- to to he. 
he gave it a review that Splatter fans were incensed by. I'm not sure you could quite say that he it was it off bad. The roof. It was not a throw it off the roof situation, <laughs> but it was one of those, yeah, well, you know, I see what they're going for. <laughs> oh, gotcha. That's pretty Tom, good, Tom. That's my Tom Vassal <laughs> impression. Um, uh, yeah, we could, I mean, by the way, and speaking of middleweight games, just a Quick remind, not reminder, but today we are going to talk about Teletum. Oh, yes. Yeah. Thank you for burying the lead. Yes, we, yeah, Teletum is the, is the featured game today. Yeah. We're going to cool, be getting cool. into that big time. So, anyway, so okay, you were so, in Berlin. Yeah, so, you was, got so Vasco to Gama. Ber- yep. Berlin, then got to Essen. And uh, did we pick up our badges Wednesday? I think we got our badges Wednesday, but we didn't do too much. Right. Um, in terms of picking up games or anything. But uh, Thursday, you know, when everything kicked off, so I, you know, you would think this would be your first impression of going to Spiel, but I thought it was so much more massive this second time than I realized it was in 2019. Well, you had to go to all 10 halls, right? Yeah, and it could, I might not have done that last time because I was going for specific games, but it also could be um, like, I just kind of lost my train of thought there. Which is so you, big. You thought it could maybe the hobby has expanded and now it's... No, 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 no. I th- Oh, pandemic brain. There we go. Uh, like, you know how everything, you don't remember things that happened <laughs> before the pandemic. So, mm. but what, for whatever reason... Uh, no, it, I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> what happened to you, Candace? <laughs> for whatever reason, the this time it felt so massive. I think it's also because now I've been to Gen Con... Yeah. Twice. Yeah. And so I'm like, wow, Gen Con is really, really big. It feels huge until you get to Essen. <clears throat> and then I go to Essen, yeah. And it's like, this feels like three Gen Cons, you know? Ten, hall. Ten halls? That is insane. It's Ten so halls. Insane. Hall one. Mesa one is as big as the Gen Con hall. It's as insane. The Gen, as the Gen Con. How does that? <laughs> okay, so... uh in terms of like the the LA Convention Center, oh, I don't know how to do it that way. I could do it football fields though. Okay, I would say that um, I, I would say that Gen Con is about a football field and a half to up to two football fields big. Okay, and that's that's the probably two football fields. Wow, uh, yeah. Mesa one, two, and three are almost the exact same. So they're they're each a football field Huge. and a half to two football fields big. Uh then they start to get smaller. Four is maybe just one football field. Five is is a little bit smaller. When you get to nine and ten, by the way, some of the most interesting games I found were in nine and ten. Because yeah. those are individual people who have rented space, who are getting a game out there and things like that. So that's where uh, the uh, the the Fowler games were. That's where I found Dice Hospital, and mm-hmm. uh, that's where Cole Worley was. That's where that's where I was awesome. uh, demoing John Company was was just about to come oh, out the that year. First edition, the first wow. edition. That's where I got my first edition wow. John Company back then, and stuff like that. So it was those nine and ten were smaller, like like warehouses in the back of everything, but they're still big buildings. They're still. Yeah. They're still at least half a football field size. Wow. I mean, that's good to know because I, I don't go to many conventions at all, but I, I used to go to E3 religiously, which is like the video game one here in LA. And, you know, you always have like that. There's like, there's two main halls, but like one hall is like really big and it's like so flashy and just all these things. And the other hall is like not quite as big, but still really flashy. And then you get like the smaller kind of rooms and they just sort of, 
they're sort of like sad and depressing because everything else is so big and flashy <laughs> that to go to the small ones, you're like, oh. But, but you can to know gems. that there's good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. There's really good stuff. Climbers was there in, in 10, oh, I think. And I got to, got to play that. And there were all, I, just, I can remember, like I cannot remember what was in halls one, two, three, and four. I can remember in detail what Hall 9 and 10 were like. And, and they were just these fascinating little places where every time you move to the next booth, somebody's got something kind of amazing that they're still just kind of working on and, <laughs> and want to show you. It was, it was so cool. Yeah, so we uh, – originally when I was going to um, – you know, I was thinking about launching the BGG podcast after I returned from Essen because sure. I was like, oh, we'll talk about Essen, you know, ben, as the first episode. Matt, uh, ben, first plug. Keep going. No, we're just counting. We just got a counter here. But then Aldi, uh, the owner of BGG, was like, yeah, I think we should do it before. And that was a brilliant idea because so we launched it on the 30th. We were competing with Bjork's new album. Wow. That was was tough. 30th of of September or October? 30th of September. Yeah. So um, we were competing with Taylor Swift because Carly Rae Jepsen went out against Taylor Swift. And I don't know why she did that. It was a bad bad move. Bad choice. Carly, change your change your management. Carly Rae Jepsen, why are you releasing albums the same day as T-Swift? Yeah. You are amazing all on your own. Thank you. There's no need to compete. (laughs) So so when I got to Essen, you know, day one, I'm walking around. I had a lot of people come up and say, oh. I love the podcast. It's so cool. You have a podcast. And, you know, they would come up. Some people, like, would, not a million people, but, like, a handful of people each day would, like, occasionally somebody would want to, like, take a selfie. Mm -hmm, Um, And then I also get people, I'm trying to remember, I feel like every convention someone says, love Game Brain, too. Oh, that's that's awesome. That's really sweet. But in reality... (laughs) Two of the three of us have the experience of being mobbed by people coming up and telling them how great their podcast <laughs> not was. Not mobbed, not mobbed. Not me. <laughs> All right, you two. I only are, get mobbed in specific scenarios. Like you're the super. Yeah. You guys are the superstars. I went. I went to your live show. Okay. Yeah, was, that's it was true. Bedlam. That was. It was bedlam. Ben. There was, was a line. In there was insane. a line of people. Well, it might get a little wild at the watch I, crap and shows. I'm not gonna lie. I was, oh, yeah. I was backstage having a conversation with Bill Burr afterwards. Okay. <laughs> don't, don't, don't front, okay? I'm the, I'm the guy that was the, you know, one of the, one of the original hosts of this tiny little board game podcast and by the way audience thank you guys so much because every time i do we go to we go to socal games day yeah. you went to pax unplugged yep. and you yep. and you saw people repping the the, the game brain shirts that's amazing yep. so we still have we, we thank you for, to our fans it, it means the world to us i'm not i'm not poo-pooing anything in yeah. the slightest tom we'll, game brain is gonna get there you know game brain soon tom you two will be mobbed at every I mean, every step you take, you got mobbed sort of by that one guy at BGGCon last year. That was he's true, like, yeah. I heard your voice. And I looked, turned around. <laughs> I think when we were was. playing Ark Nova, there was a voice recognition. That's true. That did happen. Yeah, that yeah, does yeah. actually. That is something that happens when you have a podcast. Like uh, it's happened to me before. It's probably happening to you. Happened to you, Candace, or it will I don't happen know. to it's you. It's not my voice. It's <laughs> I don't know. I think you actually have a distinct no. Voice. You have a very distinctive really? voice. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna happen. You'll you just wait and see. <laughs> But anyway, it was really cool. One other highlight from Spiel besides just like it was so cool to finally meet all the um, international and European publishers sure. because I've like dealt with them on email, dealt with them, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> worked with them <laughs> via on email, Twitter and everything. So to finally meet some of those people in person was cool. 
I walked by uh, Eagle Griffin Games booth, and uh, guess who was sitting there giving demos of Weather Machine? Oh, Eagle. Oh, you're in. Vital Mr. Vital. Yes, and he, so he was like in it, and I was just kind of hovering. And <laughs> then uh, somebody who worked for Eagle Griffin like was trying to pull him away for some important thing, and he's like, Vital, we need you for a minute. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He keeps he keeps teaching, and then he eventually gets up, and then that's when he sees me, and he's like, oh, Candy, and he's <laughs> he's he's like, I'm Latina. He's like, can I give you a hug? And I'm like, yes. So I <laughs> hugged Vital Serta. Oh, that was that awesome. was really awesome. yeah, that was really cool. I and I met like David Turtsy, um, and the the Mind Clash crew for the nice. first time in person because I'm like, oh yeah, I interviewed him, so it felt like we knew each other, but I never. Yeah, in you the know. flesh is different, right? Did, yeah. Did you guys stay at the Atlanta Congress? No. Where'd you stay? Oh, I'm not going to remember. Um, okay. It's it's right off the main train station. Okay. Um, I don't remember the okay. name. Okay, so, so you, stayed, you stayed in downtown Essen. Yes. Got it. Yeah. Got it. So you know how they do the lights, oh, uh, yeah. the Festival of Lights? We're like right there, right across the street from the crane gotcha. train station. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of, of, of hotels right there. I can't I, I can't even guess which one you were in. But that yeah, that's a great place because there's great food right around there. The restaurants are fantastic. Yes. Everything is yes. it is super walkable downtown. That's wonderful. Did you have currywurst or apple strudel? Uh, <laughs> we had currywurst. Uh, I love 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 currywurst. It's, it's so really good. In between the messes, in between the big halls. There are these little yes. kind of alleyways, and in a lot of the alleyways, they have currywurst carts. They have like all like like. Did you see how they sliced carts. them? Yes, they put them in this machine, and it just ch- 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 yeah. ch- 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 and then it comes out, that, and then they pour it. They pour it into a cup with the curry, and and uh, yeah. and, and you I, just have a little. Mush. I don't know why currywurst is not taken off in America. Like I really need it to happen. There was a place. I in, don't love it. That's why. Tom, oh you know, wow! Tom, that's why. We're, wow. we're coming from like a place of joy today. I mean, that's Hanukkah <laughs> Eve. <laughs> Look. Look, if I'm going to be a reviewer, I'm going to be a reviewer. You okay? to, well, you're right. right. You have to come with your, your curry, honest and true curry point of view. Is, is not, let me be clear, Curryverse is not the turkey of hot dogs. It is <laughs> currywurst is actually quite good as far as as far as sausages go, but I don't I don't love it. It's a little mm, eh. okay. It's, it's, That's fine. I, I found it pretty tasty, but uh, what I really love every time I go to Essen or Germany is getting mulled wine there from one of those little outdoor mm. bar situations. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, oh god, the outdoor awesome. so the beer good. gardens and stuff are so fun. Yeah. So good. When we were there, I, I took uh, Matt and Trey to this um, restaurant. It was about 25 minutes outside of Essen, way in the country. It is a Michelin-starred restaurant <clears throat> that is in an abandoned coal mine. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you're in the coal you're in the coal processing building like where and and above you are is the machinery of the big huge spools that are pulling the uh, the, the the carts and things up cool. and, and down. It was one of the most atmospheric places I've ever been in my wow. life. It was an awesome meal and uh, for next year, I will give you the name of the yes, place. Yes, please. And and it, it is a destination uh, restaurant for That's me. So I think cool. it's great. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, uh, but then after Essen. Yeah. So, uh, two days after I got back from Essen, I drove to Hanford, California to yes. go to GMT's warehouse weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was, you know, the whole time I'm traveling, I have such COVID anxiety where I'm like, yes. don't get COVID. I can't miss, you yeah. know, I can't yeah, miss yeah. this. I can't miss this. So, I was so relieved when I came back and I was healthy. 
And uh, yeah, I was just, you know, this is why I haven't seen you guys that much. Yes. Well, you've been so, yeah, nonstop. So then, yeah. So then I head up to GMT and that was just really awesome because it was my second time going. And, you know, in terms of it's like the diversity situation is growing in that niche of the mm-hmm. hobby, like uh, historical strategy games and war games and everything. So th- to be clear, it <laughs> has nowhere to go but grow. Yeah, that's that's true. Like like the when when Matt and I and our and our my friend Hector went last year, it was like we brought the average age down significantly from and seventy to sixty eight. <laughs> there, like Kai Jensen will be there, uh, but there aren't a lot a whole lot of women that pop in. I was gonna say, but right, this yeah. year. There were more different faces, different ages. Like so it's it's growing. It's such a fun time going there because it's just very low key and they have this awesome taco night on Saturdays. And you could check out the warehouse and buy games. I always buy too many. I will let you know <laughs> that I've committed to going to to one of the next uh, couple good, that they have. There. Good, good. Mike, I've never Mike been convinced you? Uh, no, or both you, of us. You've convinced Mike. <laughs> no, Mike did not give Mike Kennedy did not convince me to go there. If anything, your uh, your constant boosterism of that, despite the fact that they published Tank Duel, has made me. <laughs> I know. I have to. We played eight-player tank duel there wow. too. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh my god! It was amazing. I, can't um, I just opened the door. I still haven't tried. I would like to try tank duel. I I also am becoming um, GMT. I'm becoming GMT curious. I, well, I, I mean, not the, not the company, but like. <laughs> but I think, but in terms of the GMT weekend, whatever it's called, what's yes, it called again? GMT, GMT Warehouse Weekend. Twice so a year. GMT WW. So I am I'm I am getting curious about it because you know yeah. I don't I, I haven't really dabbled much in the war games. Mm-hmm. Uh and they play Maria, everything. Maria like, and Friedrich, you know. But well, uh yesterday you played. Does a war that count game. as a war game? Kind of. Yeah. We'll, like get it's, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Jason, as well. Well, yeah. we'll get to that, and then we'll discuss whether or not war games. Eighteen XX is that what you're going to bring up? Eighteen yeah. <laughs> and they also have other things. By the way, I loved Thunder Alley, which yeah. is one of their. I still haven't played it yet. It's super fun. I I thought about bringing it around here because uh, it's a seven player game, and I didn't. But um, uh, yeah, that one. Also, by the way, uh, on their P five hundred, I I backed um eighteen. U.S. or Eastern yeah. United States, yeah. And uh, in fact, uh, Greg Greg Holton, who designed it, is actually a, a Game Brain listener, and he oh, reached cool. out, and we're going to start playing some 18xx games online, which awesome. I'm very excited about. Awesome, yeah. And he seems super cool. We had a whole Discord conversation. Oh, that's it's awesome. Like, it is really cool when you get to connect to like these creators yeah um that the the hobby is still small enough that that can happen you know yeah so i'm really excited to try 18 eus because it looks like deeply variable and uh has like lots of interesting features were you able to play it at that weekend was it available no no i actually didn't jump in any 18xx games when i was there i was mostly trying to get people to teach me games that i've owned for like the past year or two that i haven't played and that's that's the thing about it because i probably own at least 20 GMT games back there. Yeah. And if I look through the number of games that I've never actually played, they are heavily skewed GMT. Yep, yep. Because they are they are bears to teach. They're yeah. bears to learn. But once you get that first game in, yeah, all of a sudden the bad. world is opened up yep. to you. Yeah, yeah, totally Yeah, agree. so Ken, uh, Ken and Adam taught me 
Space Empires 4X and we played the cooperative. I think you would like this, Ben, especially. Yeah. I think you would like it too, Tom. I played I played you it. Played, oh. I haven't played the co-op. Ver- okay. Ver- oh, the co-op was really, really fun. Because you're like, it's it's kind of like civilization building, like you're upgrading tech, you're shopping for stuff, but then we're trying to like beef up our forces before the uh, what doomsday module mm-hmm. comes in and, you know. Right. It, right. Was, it was really, really fun. Good. Um, but then I also played um, Cross Bronx Expressway. I am so interested in this because I saw you actually not long after that weekend. Yes. And actually, when we played with Ken at your place, yeah. and Ken Kuhn of GMT Games, and um, you told me about it, and you said it reminded you of Hegemony, which obviously I've basically gone nuts over on this podcast. I'm not, I don't have to do it again. But um, <laughs> and and I have to say, it it looks it it gives me when I just look at what it's about, it looks like it has a little bit of the cost to it as well. Yeah, in that in that yes. it is a it is a game that comes from a social philosophical perspective and i think that's amazing tell us yes. yeah please tell yeah. me because i've i've I, there's actually there actually is some good content about it online but it's like the videos are like an hour long and yeah. so like i just need someone to really just parse out okay. the information for me okay i'll do my best um yeah <laughs> so so basically it is the third game in gmt's irregular conflict series mm-hmm. which was like kind of coin adjacent games that don't, didn't quite fit coin but like people are submitting games that are like coin and, adjacent. And may I, sorry, may I interrupt? Sure. Um coin games get mentioned a lot on this podcast, but I, I actually don't really know what coin games are. Can I get just like an elevator pitch? Yeah. A, a coin game is it stands for counterinsurgency uh, basically yep. is what it yep. Um and the idea is that you are playing a war game that is very constrained to being uh, a a faction that represents the government or the ruling party at the time and the revolutionaries or insurgency that is against that. Oftentimes, these games will be four player in which two factions and there will be two factions that represent propping up the the, the parties that be right. and two representing the ones that don't. For instance, Fire in the Lake. Um, is the Vietnam era one, whereas one person represents the U.S. military, one person represents the Korean go- uh, the Korean government that is being propped up by the U.S. So they're allies with the U.S. And then the other side is the uh, Viet Cong and the and basically Ho Chi Minh's army, which Got are it. two separate factions. Yeah. And each of them have their uh, they, ha- they you have to work together, but you have. Everybody has their unique own victory, victory conditions. Things. Yes. Okay. All right. So cool. It's, yeah. Four asymmetric factions, and it's it's kind of this layered area control game yeah. you're playing, mm-hmm. but um, it hard, has card based. We should event card based. Like that's yeah. one of the key things because it's not card driven like Twilight Struggle. Instead, you have uh, two event cards that you see. You see the one that's coming, and you see the current one, and the event cards will tell you. <sighs> the order of eligibility, like who's going to get to take a turn. So there's this really really cool sequence of play. And then you have, yeah, asymmetric factions that Mm. you each have your own different actions that, you know, correspond to whatever was going on historically with that faction. Mm. And um, Andy and Abyss is what inspired Root. So have you played Root? I don't remember uh, if that's one I've, you have. I've gotten pretty far into the tutorial on, on the app. <laughs> it, it is it is one of those things because Root very much is asymmetric factions in which um, 
each faction needs to play optimally to keep other factions at check yeah. to prevent other people from from winning. There's a lot of that. I would say that that if I was to start somebody on on coin. Uh, Cuba Libre, the, yeah. the Cuban conflict one, is actually pretty Euro-y. It's not too war gamey, right. and it's very stripped Small down, map. stripped down and simple, right. and and very very fun. Okay, so with we cross like the we need way. to play one. Do you have another one that you would yeah. recommend? No, no, no. I think I think Cuba Libre is the one I often recommend. So yeah, the, with Cross Bronx Expressway, uh, so so this we is play again, different factions, but there's not a it's not yeah. an actual war. So it's three players. It's kind of a socioeconomic, a little bit of city building right, um, which I love. going on. And like everybody is playing three asymmetric factions. Like one person is going to be the private sector. One person is going to be the public sector. And one person is the community. Mm-hmm. And you're working in the South Bronx between 1940 and 2000. And everybody's trying to kind of pursue their own goals. But you still need to kind of cooperate together a little bit. Right. Um, so you're trying to solve these economic challenges and, you know, build up infrastructure and organizations. And you, you all have your different goals, but then you also have the event cards. That, the event card system works similar to coin where you'll see the future card, I believe. I think so. And then there's a, another card that says, hey, on the bottom, it'll say maybe the community gets to choose what they want to do first and then you pick between it is act an act action a react action an event or you can plan which lets you do something to uh, kind of uh, get first dibs on what's happening next next round but under each of those kind of types of actions everybody has their own menu of here's what i can do if i'm doing a react turn and you know so the actions in the game uh are not very hard to understand. Like, you know, I'm playing a prototype of it and we played whatever the, the I think what's going to be like the tutorial scenario of it. Sure. Um, so everything was like, oh, I can do these things, move this, move that. But it was quite opaque. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like... The, rea- uh, the, the effect of your actions is I don't opaque? know exactly why I might want to do this nah. versus act- that. Like, like 4X. When we played yeah. 4X, it's like, oh, the oh, actions yeah. are like, I do this. But, like, putting it all together... Um, that was challenging. It's a very coin thing too, right? Because yeah. coin, the actions are actually very simple, but realizing why that action is important for you, it yeah. takes some time because mm-hmm. a lot of the impact of your actions is only seen in what it does to other people, not to your play itself. Yes. How, and how is it like manifested? Are we like building, are we actually building the Cross Bronx Expressway? Are we building communities? Is there like an actual map component or yes. is it more like yes. presence and, and majority? Yeah, so the board was, and I don't have a picture handy, but like different like sectors, different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. And you're kind of doing things to build. You're trying to um, avoid creating like vulnerabilities right. in these different areas. Um, but because it's because it's the the reason that it's called that is that it's it's dealing with the destruction of these huge these huge very tight knit communities yeah. in the Bronx yes. yeah the, yes. yeah it, yes. the or the um, was eminent domain yeah. of of taking it was people's like a land whole thing yeah. so like one thing I was you know because it was kind of a play test we were doing um, since it's still in development like one thing I was kind There's of no picture suggesting, on the geek by the way what there is no picture on the geek oh if you go it's under news. Cover. 
and then go under the news section, you'll see my article. I posted one picture, but oh, interesting. No one has moved it over. No oh yeah, we should mention the designer. He goes by a non-breaking by a space. Non-breaking space. You call him NB. Yeah, and he's like very anonymous. Yes, and he was, and he does not want to be seen. Like he, he said, I he watched part not, of an interview where he said that he does not. He has an actual job that this could be seen yeah. as a conflict of interest yeah. or something. So, and I at some point during GMT week, and I took a picture, and he was at the game that I was taking a picture of, and he kind of backed off. So I was like, oh, got it, got it, note. You know, I won't. It's Banksy, isn't it? <laughs> just, 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 just look. Okay, <gasps> listeners, pay no attention. Just nod to us. Just nod to us. Nice. <laughs> Holy cow, that's amazing. But I, I think what they, what they, what they're going to do, and what I think they, you know, I think they're already kind of doing it. But I was saying, like a lot of like the coin games and a lot of GMT games and war games will have a playbook, so that you know, and and Cole. And leader games did that with Root, too. Here's a playbook. Learn to play the game. Understand, like, some... So I think as long as they do that and kind of mix in some of the historical context, it will click a little bit. But we were... And I was playing with uh, John Butterfield, who's, like, you know, a legendary designer in the... um, More of the GMT space, but, yeah. A lot of war games, games. yeah. Yeah. And then... But he also did Space Corp. Um, <laughs> and then also Jason Carr, who's the, uh, one of the developers, like, I think the lead of develop developer, the development team of GMT. Oh, yeah. But, but, uh, John Butterfield and I were both like brand new to it. You know, I think Jason's obviously involved in, and, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, helping dial it in. So we were both like, and you know, John Butterfield's a designer and right. like <laughs> really, really sharp, has a lot of experience, but we were both like, Huh? Like for yeah. halfway through. So I think there's definitely going to be, and you know, it's still in development, sure. but I think as long as they can have like a really good playbook that explains, like gives you some idea of like why you might want to do this, why you might want to do that. Right. Um, that will be critical That'll for this game. To, yeah. But as, as I was kind of understand, and of course this is like, 10 conventions ago. So my, <laughs> right, so I, I don't remember all the details, but I do remember like, as we got like halfway through, I was like, Oh, it started you know? to come together. It started to come together a little bit. And it was like, I need to play this again. I think right. it's you know? such a rich theme. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I, I love city builders, but I also love the idea of games that, that like play with the notion of city politics. This one's using it actually I think to to demonstrate a point. It sounds like the yeah. designer wants to make people think about what happens when you have these big public projects that come in and displace people and affect communities and yeah. communities that it's are awesome. thriving I, I that suddenly it. are now yeah. destroyed. But I also think, you know, you know, that's why I sometimes get very disappointed at city builders when it's just more of an abstract exercise. Mm-hmm. Like a like actually I never played Charter Stone, but just but seeing uh playthroughs that it's really just like putting a, a house on a on a board, like a sticker of a house, and then like there's there's nothing about like how the city operates, like the yeah. how the gears yeah. grind together, which is why I liked actually uh, last year we were really excited at this time about City Hall. Uh, mm-hmm. which is an overlooked game, but that was very much about negotiations. You got that feeling of like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. it takes to get something built or Tammany hall is another very stressful, but great game, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and even in those you're, you're placing things on blank maps. Mm-hmm. Whereas the reality is, is no, you're ripping apart neighborhoods. You're like, mm-hmm. I would love in this vein to see a game about, 
the Dodger Stadium replacing Chavez Ravine and what happened to that. Mm. I think I think this. I think you're absolutely right, Ben. That that city builders are weirdly um, stripped away of the important context of all of the other all of the nasty business that goes into into that. Yeah. And there are there are great games where you could do that that dive into that instead of avoid it. And also, yeah. New York City politics is is just like really are, are fascinating. Yeah. I grew up. I didn't grow up in New York City. I grew up north of New York City about four to five minutes. You what? You were about an hour from New York City, Tom? Um, 40, 35 minutes but by we're train. We're both like suburban. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you Westchester? Yeah, Westchester, yeah. And you, whoop, whoop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah you're yeah. Jersey, right? So Yeah, uh, well, my, my, my riding partner is from Amaranek. My cousins are from Amaranek. There you go. And Larchmont, and so that's, that's, my, that's my... Yeah, but, I, but, you know, growing up, my dad, my dad is a lawyer, and he does election law amongst one of the things, and so he was actually very involved with new york city politics like he he worked with ed koch and a beam who i think there's a card for a beam who was one who was a mayor or was it lindsley lindsley i forget but but the point is that like a lot of times around the dinner table my parents would be talking endlessly about what was going on in city politics you hear these names and you hear about all these things happening as a kid you're like oh whatever but it like <laughs> seeped yeah. it sort of like seeps into you and then when i saw some of these cards it kind of brings actually a lot back yeah. to me you know <laughs> yeah. Because I remember going to Gracie Mansion, which is where the mayor lives and everything. And like, so I do feel I was now obviously as a 10 year old, I was not part of New York City politics, but I do feel oddly connected to it. So this game also, it also makes me excited on that front. But of course, I don't think that like Gracie Mansion is necessarily the, the, the good guy in this game, and that's fine. But yeah. Uh, I, uh, yeah, I also grew up in the Ed Koch era. He was there for a long time, and, yeah. and you know his famous catchphrase was always "How am I doing?" That's right. <laughs> how am I doing? How am I doing, everybody? He was this like seemingly friendly guy, but actually, when you look at his, his politics and what he did, some great, some really not 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 cool at all. And I, I think that's really it's interesting. Well, I, it sounds like we need to the. Three of us need to play this when it comes I would, out. I would really love to. Just, but even just nostalgia, nostalgia aside, yeah. Just for like what seems like a really fascinating game idea. Do I you have Banksy's to. phone number? Is there a way we can, <laughs> can we play <laughs> test? This? Contact him and, and play test because <laughs> we'd really like to. Um, Should, he now, was actually you, at PAX, but I found out too late about that. Mm, gotcha. Because he was only there for one day, and I think like we. Yeah, he messaged me. And Is it true that like, he travels oh. around in an armored Popemobile? I cannot. Okay, answer can't say that. that. All right. <laughs> so uh, that that was convention number two. Yeah. Anything well, more that was you? technically three because Gen Con was the first one. But oh, we yeah, 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 that's yeah. fine. Well, yeah. Yeah. So then, that was. So then I'm I'm back in town, and then it's like, oh wow, I haven't been home for a weekend. In you know like <laughs> since sure. Mid- but by the way, in between those, somewhere in there, oh, I yeah. did get to play with you, and we played. Ping Yao, Ping Yes, Ping, Ga- Ping Yao first Chinese banks. Yes, and I bring that up because someone on Discord, on the Game Brain Discord, which everyone should join and be part of, uh, someone asked about that game and how was it. And yeah. I, I wanted to know from you, Candace, if you played it again since we played it. Because when we played it, I thought there was some really interesting stuff in there. I didn't love it, but I also yeah. was not sure. Like there was also some translation issues because it's yes. a Taiwanese game, right? And I and it was my first time playing it. You know, you demo something sometimes and you're like, oh, I think I know this. Let me go through the rules. But yeah. then you go to teach it for the first time and it's like, huh, 
Yeah. <laughs> so yes. it was it was a little bit rough, and, and I, a, and I a hyped not hyped, but like people you met at at oh, SN yes, really yes. like you got to play this, you yes, got to play this. Yes, yes. Um, it was um, Nithrania, Nithrania. Right? Yes, because uh, Frank West, who's the designer of Isle of Cats and Race to the Raft, which I loved, by the way. Uh, uh, that's okay. that's, a that's a new separate topic, but that's his new game. It's a cooperative like polyomino puzzle thing that's kind of like got missions like the crew anyways but he had it and he was like you know when i come to this convention i like to try to like pick up some stuff that i can't get at home sure and yeah and then nithrania uh branislav was saying oh like i love that game because he covered it he has videos on it from when it was originally on kickstarter and everything Mm. so i was like okay tomorrow i'm demoing this game so then i met and i went and did a demo of it and i was like I'm buying this game and I bought it and then I was like, I'm playing this game. But again, it, it, it seemed, it, it's another game where it's kind of like very simple. It's okay. Like it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's dice worker placement. It's got like a cool, there's some cool stuff with that. Dice. Cool. Really the the way cool the stuff. dice worker placement works and like how you can gain some money if you come in with a lower dice, you know, cause you're not usually completely blocked out of something unless somebody already placed a die with this exact same number. Sure. But anyway, so there's neat stuff there. It, it, the way the game starts, you only have four action spaces you can even place on. Okay. And they're, most of them are not complicated. Like, understanding how those remittances worked was, was kind of weird. But after that game, I went and I printed player aids. Like, I think somebody put little player aids on BGG. And I was like, I, you need player aids for this. You do. So, and I think, and by the way, it's like, it's so important, I believe. That games have player aids because mm-hmm. if you just can have something where you're trying to remember how a process works and you can just look down at something and yep. it's like, oh, there it is. Yep. You can just have a smoother play. You can get to the fun. And, you know, no, for real. And because- no, I, I'm, I'm only laughing because yesterday's game, I gave you like seven player aids. Oh, that was a list. But, <laughs> but like that, the game we played yesterday, well, we'll get to that. But we'll that's get to that. The, older. But you know what, though? But Autobahn does not have player aids, and neither does Toledum. And um, Boy, that would be helpful. I in- don't. I think it's. I think it's such a disservice. I think it's not just a quibble about components because I... I think that there are some times where you, you could have a bad time simply because there's no player aid because you can't remember yeah. how the action yeah. works and then you mess up the action or you make a strategy around something and then you realize it's wrong because you don't and remember. Yeah. How it's also it. an accessibility issue, right? It, uh-huh. it, it, a good player aid um, takes a much heavier game than you normally are going to feel comfortable playing and puts it into your comfort zone, right? Yeah. It makes it av- available to you. In Terracotta Army, you're talking about Teletum, Teletum. Um, but Terracotta Army is another board and dice one that didn't have player really? aids. And I don't think, like, the one thing, that on the back of the rule book, they have, like, kind of a summary enough. of something, but it wasn't what I needed to know. Right. Like, I'm like, I just want to know when you get to the end of the round and we do all this scoring, what is the order of that? Like, mm-hmm. something like that would have been so helpful and maybe, you know, add some of the key icons so it's just easy for people to see. So, yeah, the missed opportunities but there. Can, but I can see on Pingyao how if you printed out player aids, that would help a lot. Yep. And um, 
Like I also wasn't sure if maybe we have missed some rules or something, but I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I think it was just kind of a bumpy teach because of just some of the concepts are a little mm-hmm. weird. But it and felt, the game felt a little rough around the edges. Like it's one of those games that I think if it gets picked up by maybe a larger publisher and they can get kind dialing of, in like a if little TMG bit. were still around, this would be good for TMG, and they would go and they would kind of give it a zhuzh yeah. and kind of smooth out and maybe fix some things, and then it would be like a pretty kick-ass game. Yeah, and it like it's a it's cool because you're trying to get silver these silver ingots and you need to like you're trying to open banks they're going to give you special powers but you need to back your banks by silver so you're constantly trying to manage your silver and your money and there's this whole like rotation of things it it's very very interesting and it's like a very like low low scoring game Mm -hmm. so it'll be like 20 points mm-hmm. is the winner of I the game. I love that. I yeah, love I, me too. Me too. I love either a low scoring game or a super high scoring game. The, 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 the nadir of low scoring games is bus. Splatter's <laughs> bus. Where I thought it was you, the States. No, three is a winning score. <laughs> I won Pax like, Chance like, Humanity with two. Yeah. No, it's, it's, or like maybe Bias yeah. Origins. Something. It's one of those things. Like, like in, in Bus, I played a game where somebody had like two points and I was like, oh my God, I would I would kill for two points in the game in, in totality. Because <laughs> those points are hard fought. Like you yeah, are like, you're, I love it. like you're just, you want, like every time you get a point, it feels so great. But if you have like, also a game that has high points and you get the rush that you're always getting points, you're like, woo, I'm doing so well, you know? So we are 45 minutes into the podcast and we haven't even got to Candace's like, like, like BGG Con or, or PAX Unplugged, which is we'll, what we'll, we're we'll, talking we'll, about. So let's, let's okay. there. I, I but, apologize that I'm going to be moving us along. Okay, no, it's but wait, this is great though. I'm last, loving this conversation. Last, last thought on Ping Yao. So I did play it again. I played a. <laughs> Four player game, then somebody had to leave. And this was at um, John Clare's like industry game day thing uh-huh. that I saw Trey at a couple months ago. And he's like, Oh, so I have to drive to uh, wherever, Topanga, <laughs> to, to see you and play a game with you. And I'm like, Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> uh, but, anyways, so I played it again. And I was more confident as a teacher just after having that like bumpy playthrough with you. And, um, and actually I taught it twice because then we reset when two people had to leave and we got, we got a different third and, uh, it was cool. It was, it was, it was cool. I think it just, it's that like when you've never played it kind of bumpy thing. Okay. But now that you played it a bunch, what's your, like, is it it twice? You played it it twice? Two and a half times. Two and a half times. Yeah. Where, where is it like? Four tank duels? Is it five tank duels? Like how many tank? Du- <laughs> like how many tank duels? And by tank duels, I mean stars. Like where, where do you? Where do you? Okay, think so you? this like, kind of will go back to the conversation of last week of what do we owe a game? Um, I am trying to call my collection yep. significantly, so I'm probably going to be selling it. Call us first. Like it is something that I would be interested in playing more, but I'm just trying to keep it real. Yep. Like again, when I look yeah. at games on my shelf, like great Western trail, brass, underwater cities, yep. great Zimbabwe. Like I need to just kind of focus on keeping the absolute bangers. Yep. Yeah. That's so, fair. so it's probably going to go, but I would love to play it more, you yeah. know, I'll buy it from if you. I, okay, we'll talk. Done. We'll, talk. we'll see. Okay. We'll see. Old we heard that. No, it's, it's, it's recorded a, now. It's a, it's a negotiation between the two of us all. Right? <laughs> yeah. it, it's like I'll say she'll say how much she wants for her, and I'll be like, eh, "Well, would you take this?" And she goes, "No, but guess what? I will take. I'll take them." Like before you know it. 
Okay. Trade so then, up. okay. So that was uh, that was a sidebar. That was that me. was that was out. me. But I was it was about a game. It was about a game. Yeah. I, listen, I, I I'm not I'm not the bad cop here. I, I'm just I'm <laughs> no, just you're doing you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing. Keeping people aware of the time. Yes. Because listen, we have, we have things to we have other things to talk about. We have lots to make tonight. There's Hanukkah coming up. Yes. Right. Okay, so then, you know, there's some uh, personal trip in between to sure. Paso Robles and just g- getting organized and, you know, all. So, anyway, but then a couple weeks later, uh, fly to Dallas for BGG Con. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a little bum that Trey and Tom weren't I'm there. Su- this I'm year. super sorry. We had, about such that. A, we had such a great time hanging with you guys last year. I had, I had such a good time with you guys as well. It's a. My daughter's senior year of high school, so she has got so many things going on, and she was just like, "I, you know, I need you this weekend. I need I your get help." It. Yeah. And, and like, you know, she's not going to say that much longer. But right, yeah, so you and gotta, you got to do, do it. Yeah, yeah. Of priorities are priorities. But because you guys weren't there. You were able I to have so very, much fun. I had such a blast. <laughs> oh my God. I, I played tank duel every day, all day, <laughs> and everybody was happy. No. <laughs> no, I just had... <laughs> so this was my second BGG con. Like, I did go to BGG Spring, but that's a little sure. bit different. Uh, but I had such a different experience than when, you know, l- last year we spent... 90% of our time in the hot games room. Like just We did spend a lot of time. Well, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. was mainly thanks to you guys cuz you guys had a whole plan coming in there like learn these rules and and <laughs> well, I just the, sat down and played. <laughs> here's the thing. You also have to to remember that we didn't come from Essen. Mm. So if you haven't been to Essen, right? And you haven't you haven't done those things, then the hot games room becomes a very important room oh, yeah. to to go into. If you've been to Essen though, Hot games is no longer yeah. that important. It's just regular sure. games at that point. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh-huh. But yeah, I mean, that that's, you know, certain people going to uh, Essen from BGG is specifically to ship games and not just the hot games, but oh, yeah. all sorts of new things that, you know, we won't will be hard to get in America until sometime next year, you know? And Ben and I want to thank you so much for the games that you brought back for us. You were so, <laughs> so kind of you. I, to... You don't need more games. You need stories. Now you're hearing stories. There you from go. The... Oh, yeah. Storytelling games. <laughs> Remember when she brought those games for other people, but no, none for us? It's because we, we got the real treasure. She brought us stories. the stories. She brought us yes, the stories. Yes. Yeah. But so at VGGCon, I found out that... Um, a listener of the pod, Jonah, my friend Jonah now. Uh, Jonah is somebody who Which I pod? probably... This pod. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. I was like, a Crappens fan? Yeah. <laughs> lots of there are fans. lots of there pods. There are three, right. yes. That's okay. true. So I do need to clarify. <laughs> currently, we are at two plugs for Candace, one plug one plug Watch for me. Ben. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, Jonah reached out to me and was like, oh, are you going to BGGCon? Oh, so how I know Jonah... When I was on uh, talking about Scout back in the day, yep, you know, a year or two ago, you were whenever that was, very early on the Scout. Yeah, show. yeah, I was, yeah, and and I still so own your sleeved copy of Scout. Good, good. See, Big treasures, fan. treasures, Big fan. absolutely. Scout and stories. Scout and stories. See, she brings it all. So, so Jonah, after that episode, was like, "Hey, he reached out to me on Discord and was like, "Hey, uh, I got some cool trick taking games to show you.'" And so I played online with him, and that's when he introduced me to Cat in the Box mm-hmm. way earlier than most people, you know, before sure. the new edition was really publicly 
the, you know, the, talked the about. Edition that's yeah, the new edition. Yes, yes, so, yes. so it was still this kind of like hidden gem kind of game that not many people knew about. And you could only play it online because it's like super hard to get a copy. So anyway, he introduced me to that, um, a game called Voltrefer and uh, trick-taking black and white. I don't know, all these like really cool trick-taking games. And then like, so I played online one night and then maybe months later, he's like, hey, I got some games to show you. <laughs> so I, I I played online another time with him. He shows me some other like awesome games. What's his name again? Jonah. Jonah, Jonah, thank you so much. Jonah, you're, you're, you're a gem <laughs> because just the other night at our game night, Candace bro- uh, brought a whole bunch of oh, these. Oh, yeah. And you and Dimitri and Paul had a, a little trick-taking, trick-taking game night. fest. Yeah, yeah. It's awesome. It is. I, like, have, I have FOMO about that. That sounds so fun. We're going to do Same. it again. Same. We're going to do it again. Uh, but anyway, Jonah's like, oh, are you going to be at BGGCon? I'm like, yeah. He's like, I'm going to bring some games to show you. <laughs> and he did. So... Um, so I ended up learning trick takers. Um, and a lot of these are Japanese imports that are kind of hard to get, but, Mm -hmm. um, I got a guy in Portland, Ty at Cloudcap Games. Yeah. He imports a lot of games. So check out Cloudcap Games. All right, Ty. Yeah. Come through, Ty. Ty's my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but anyway, trick takers is a trick taking game where each round you draft a character and all these characters, they're like animals. They have unique powers. So um, there's like a lion and everybody has a auto victory condition. And also like, here's how I will score you points, but here's how you won't get a lot of points. So you have this thing you're going for. There's like one that's called the gambler and you know, you're betting on how many tricks you think you're going to win. There's one that I don't remember what it's called, but it has like, uh, you have to get, I guess if the highest card in the deck is a nine, Mm. you get a hand of tens in every suit, but you're trying not to win tricks. Mm. And so there are these asymmetric abilities, and we had five in our four-player game, I believe. It was a four-player game. Mm. Um, So it kind of reminded me of, like, Root as a trick-taking game. I I guess, yeah. You know what what I mean? That's what I thought when you were saying it. Yeah, so I have it now. Great. So um, that'll be added. That'll be a trick-taking game day. Yeah, I heard also that Schadenfreude was super Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Dimitri's favorite. Yeah. yeah, Paul's favorite too, I think. No, uh, Paul said Cat in the Box. Oh, Cat in the Box was favorite. Oh, that's right. Paul did say Cat in the Box. So Schadenfreude, I think I found out about that through Ty when I was like doing my first uh, order from him. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, I don't remember who told me about Schadenfreude, but Schadenfreude is a banger. I I love that. For those who don't know, the word Schadenfreude means joy at other people's misery. Essentially, yeah. it's a it's it's one of those wonderful German words that we don't have in in English. What's the game about? So so basically, it is a must follow trick taking game where the game is going to end when somebody goes over forty points. So and then once somebody goes over, and it could be multiple people, go over forty points in a round, then whoever is closest to forty wins. Price is right rules. No, yeah. Is it price is right rules? Yeah. Something like, like, like that. When you're making so, that bid. No, but, but, which, but Candace said closest to 40 wins, but price is right rules would be closest to 40 without going over wins. Is that what we're saying? Or Oh, did you mean? No, no. If you go over, you're bust. You're out. You cannot okay. win if you're over 40. Price is right, price is right rules. Price yeah. Is right rules. So, but the, the cards in the deck range from negative three to nine so if you're playing a full five player game i guess you play with all the cards so but it goes negative three negative two negative one and then one two three four five six seven eight nine got it there's a 10 and a zero card that are wild that you can you know just one one of each of those yeah 
But you're basically playing a must-follow trick-taking game. And the way the trick resolves is that the second highest card of the lead suit wins the trick. And when you win a trick, you take your card, second highest of the lead suit. You take that. your card and you take all the cards that are that were played off suit. But it's okay. must follow. So if you if you can follow, you have, you have to, to follow. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's so bizarre. <laughs> it's so bizarre. So then as you win tricks, you have these cards in front of you all face up in a tableau. Mm. When in the same hand of cards, you know, if you win another trick, let's say I have a five that I won, maybe a five red. Later, I win a five green that cancels out and they both get discarded. So there's a whole thing you can do to kind of mess with different people's scores by, you know, you're trying to nuke your own your own score. Or you want to exactly. Or if you are trying not to get a lot of points, you might try to do something so that you can win something that cancels out so there's a lot of that in each direction but the minute you start seeing somebody go ahead with points then it's like all right let's push that person over and now we're competing to be highest behind them right right right. You're, so, you're looking uh, for it's so good oh, it's so good yeah scout has kind of just faded out a little bit with me i still love it yeah but like schadenfreude was my like backpack banger bring it with me filler I game that. I wow. it, is that is that easily is that readily available because i just check already know cloud I cap buy. games if you can't find cloud it. cap games yep uh there's one copy in the geek market right Uh-oh. now yeah we speak well i'll reach so, out to cloud cap games. yeah uh, but at BGGCon, Jonah also showed me Roulette Taking Game, which is another one I showed uh, Dimitri and Paul, and it is <laughs> exactly what it sounds like. It's roulette as a trick-taking game. We are bidding on what we think is going to w- the the number card that is going to win the very last trick, and there's like a roulette board. So there are only two colors, um, black and red, and the cards go from there's a double zero, a zero, and then one to 36. So again, we're trying to the whole time deduce what card is going to win the very last trick of the round. And so the only way that you can place a bet with your money, your little betting tokens and money, is if you win a trick. Um, So you have when you win a trick, if you're not the dealer, you can then say, oh, I'm going to bet five bucks that it's going to be a red card or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're placing these bets um, and at the end of the round. And meanwhile, the dealer of the round and dealer rotates does not put any money out, does not make any bets. But for every wrong bet that players, the non-dealers put out at the end of the round, the dealer gets that money. So the dealer is kind of incentivized to steer people wrong and make them place bets that are are (laughs) incorrect. Yeah, yeah, because then they'll pay out. Which is, a, a yeah, so there's a little bit of Castles of Mad King Ludwig in which there's a, when you're the dealer, that's your income yes, phase. Yes. But you have to play it a certain way to get them to maximize your income. Exactly. And Paul thought there was a problem with the, um, I so there's a zero card and a double zero card and they are trump cards, but then... Some of the black cards and some of the red cards have art on them. The black cards might will have a Grim Reaper, and then the red cards will have a Jester. And that means that they can be trump cards. So meaning if you lead with a black, a regular black, and I play a red that has a Jester, mm-hmm. that's a trump now. Mm-hmm. But if you led with a red and I play a red with a Jester, it's just another, it's red. Just another red. So so there's a whole thing with playing with the trumps, but I think the highest trump is the black 31. And um, he was trying to claim that I won because I had that. Mm-hmm. And I was arguing that I think, like, we're rookies at the game. And it's not just, like, a silly thing that's 
broken like that. Right. So more to be explored there. So outside of the trick-taking games, any other highlights from BGGCon? Yes. Um, so I played, we were talking about coin games. Just to be clear, we are one hour into Candace's gaming travelogue. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I thought that that's what we were talking about today. Not to be selfish. No, <laughs> I like it. I'm like, I, I'm like all these games. What I'm did not I tell playing. you on Friday? What did I say? You said pick five things. I said pick five things. Oh, I thought you meant five conventions oh. to talk about. <laughs> no, okay. we're having a great time. I'm okay. just messing with you. So I'll, I'll, I'll go through a couple quick highlights from BGG Con. Um, I got to play uh, a full round of Falling Sky. Um, the Gaelic Revolt against Caesar, which is a coin game I had never played. Um, somebody, somebody ended up winning prematurely because we were all rookies. I usually try to run the playbook and understand like what I'm doing. I also didn't want to be Caesar and I kind of, there are, there are coin fans that say that's the best coin game. There's a bunch of people that think that, really, I've, I've, I've heard from a couple, let me put it this way. For my very limited experience, a couple people said that their fa- that I asked what's your fa- I always ask what's your favorite coin game if you play coin games, and a, a bunch of people have said that one. I liked it, so I'm like I I almost like that it was kind of like a short game too because it's like okay we just played a whole round we played for like what hour two hours maybe you know it took a mm-hmm. bit because we're like getting yep. used to everything now I'm ready to play it again you know great so. That was cool. And then I played Deal with the Devil for the first Deal time. Deal with the Devil. Uh, so I still have not played this game, but this has been a game of the center of. of some interesting conversations in our group, I have to there say. There was some talk about that game on a recent podcast, and a little birdie told me that some people, maybe even people on this particular podcast today, might have taken issue with some of the characterizations last week. So let us say, what do you guys think? Because I have yet to play this game. I'm dying to play it because I, I've been sick for, for people that don't know, I've been sick for oh yeah. about three weeks. <laughs> Tom, is, what, Tom is back to life now. I'm finally Woo! back. What did you two think? Oh, I haven't played it. Oh my goodness. So what did Candace so think? So I've played Deal with the Devil twice now. And at BGG Con, I played it for, with all new players. Mm-hmm. We did have a guy sitting at our table babysitting for like the first 20 minutes while he was waiting for his flight. And he had played it, I think, twice at the convention. So, you know, I was the devil the first game. And I, in my very first round of trading, I put a bunch of stuff in the chest and I showed it to him. And he's like, no, like, don't do that. Take all. Of, and I started taking stuff out. He was like, yeah. So I almost I almost screwed up, and, and that was because I think you know we were all new to the game. I right. don't think it clicked to me like how much more money and resources that the devil has compared to everybody else. So right. that could be a tell um, that you know um, you're offering. Like if you just start spending a bunch of money, people are going to be like, "Oh, that's the that's devil," because I'm devil. poor yeah, and yeah. I'm immortal. Yeah. Um, but I think also in my first game, the other people, the very first witch hunt, they voted on me. And I'm like, why do they think I'm the devil? And the one guy, Michael, thought that he saw, like, basically, I think he some, he did do something by what I passed to try to get someone's soul. Mm. And I don't know. There was something that, like, made him think. There's a tell it, that There was had, something. So, mm-hmm. But we were rookies, but we still, we had a blast. And I came out of that first game... Being like, oh, wow, this game is not 
complicated at all. You know, Mm -hmm. it's a little because it's different. It has like some complexity when you play it for the first time. Right. But like the Euro game side of it is like we're building buildings, spend, get resources, spend spend resources. And then there's a trading thing. And it's, you know, it's simple actions. It's it's pretty it's pretty simple, especially if you're a heavier gamer, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, but we had a blast. We had a blast playing, you know. So next time I played with Matt again, so it was both our second time, and then I had two uh, two other friends play, and they were new. Matt, your boo, my not boo, Matt Robinson. Yeah, yeah, my boo, Matt. Uh, Matt, Matt three, three, Fonda, whatever, you yeah. know. <laughs> and so I made sure, like, when I teach this game, I make sure that everybody knows up front how every single role works. Like I say. The devil, you're going to have more money. This is what your chest looks like. You know, this is how these things work. And just so people don't have to ask, like, obvious questions. So when I heard uh, Trey originally last week, I was thinking, like, oh, maybe, like, whoever taught him wasn't very clear about all of the roles. Like I'm like, I feel like I'm very thorough about making sure everybody understands how everything works. Right. So I was like, so to me, when I'm listening to Trey, I'm like, that is the teacher's job in this particular game with new players to make sure everybody knows before you start the game, how every role works. But we have to jump in and say that when you said that, yeah. there was another person who said, I was in that game. <laughs> and the teach was the great. Teach it was clear. by Jordan was very, very good. <laughs> it was 100% clear. And and guess what? In these sorts of games, uh, you you miss one thing in a very good teach and you're still and you could be lost at sea very quickly, yeah. right? And, and yeah. you know, for some reason, it, something didn't translate entirely but if it translates to one person then you can't really blame the teach and also when i found out jordan was a teacher i'm like jordan's a great teacher oh yeah <laughs> like he's he's kind of a rules lawyer kind he of is guy really good with yeah really good. he remembers rules yeah. very, very well um yeah i mean but it does i guess uh, you know i think what was happening to trey if i remember correctly from last week though is that sound like like he had a que- like a question, but the mere act of asking that question was going to give him up. Yeah, and, yeah. and that, was- a, that is a that is a very difficult problem to get around in a first play for sure. Well, can yeah. you just pass the rule book over and because the rule book is really good for this game too? I think yeah, maybe. So, like, if you're, I mean, yeah, maybe that's for like the future. Listen, if for for, for Avalon players, we're like, I don't want to give away any tells, and asking for the rule book is a tell, right? You know, yeah. And so there's, there's well. That, that. that was a thing too in our my very first game we're like we don't know how much we should be talking about in terms of like you know how you do with Avalon like sure. oh would you you know why'd you do that <laughs> so we we weren't sure in our initial play like what we could and what we should maybe be saying like in right. the future I'm like oh you could be like oh well, I got a chest that had XYZ and you could be lying about it you know so you could, there's a lot you can do to kind of like lean into the um social deduction part of it like once everybody knows the game um but uh that sucks that uh Trey doesn't have a good experience. I, yeah, I hope very much that we that we play this game several more times, and because because that is a very uh, short term problem, right? Yep. Once everyone understands the game and understands what it is, we can see what what's there. And it seems yeah. to me like the game is very thoughtfully designed, and I'm hoping that that there's I'm, a lot of there there. I really want to try it. Yeah. 
Yep, yep, and we will, we will. Um, then I also played an epic game of John Company at uh, VGGCon. Yeah. Uh, that was really awesome. And I also, just because I'm looking at Space Station Phoenix behind your head, Tom, yes. I um, hung out with the designer, Gabe Cohen, and we played a bunch of games, and I got an email from him the Monday or Tuesday. No, it was like Wednesday after VGGCon, and he's like, Ugh, I'm still tired because of you. Ah. Like, because I was in that mode. I was like, "Come on, one more game." That's you know? Awesome. Did, he, did he say uh, your friend Tom Donnelly called my game a light to medium light game on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> no, I gave it a very nice review. I like that game. I like that game a lot. He 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 did not. Um, but he he had uh, the expansion he's working on for it, and he was like looking for people. Um, to show that to, I'd be a Stuckleberry. I, I think it's a sleeper hit of the year. Okay, one, and then here's my final thing about uh, BGGCon is that same night that I was up really, really late. Um, I also met uh, a couple other guys from Portland in addition to Jonah, uh, Aaron, and then Taylor from Taylor's Trick Taking Table. And uh, I don't remember if I actually got to play a game with is, is him. Ta- is Taylor the, the guy that can get you the, the hard-to-find games? That's Ty. That's Ty. That's Ty. Yeah. Ty. But yeah. if I'm ever looking for English rules for something, I'm like, Taylor. Oh, Taylor. <laughs> so you got two guys. But, but Taylor has a whole YouTube channel where he strictly covers um, trick-taking games. And it's it's really awesome. Great personality. Very entertaining videos. So anyway, I was up until five in the morning because he was teaching this trick-taking game that they were about to start called Touchdown Heroes, which is like this football game. I bought it. I bought it so we could try it. But I just had to sit for the teach. And then I was like, I got to go to bed. I got to go to bed. But it was, it's crazy. It's this this crazy thing. You have almost this anime style art cards. There's a little card with a football field and you're literally moving the, the football up and down the field. And when you play a trick, you either do a pass play or a run play. And one means it's must follow. And the other means it's like, you don't have, it's not must follow. follow. Yeah. But then like cards have special powers and it was just nuts oh and i was God. like i have to get this game i have to get this game that's amazing. so anyway that's the last thing well except we, we didn't except even talk packs unplugged. Packs okay. unplugged. I'll, didn't even talk about packs unplugged I'll, I'll give you packs unplugged in, in three minutes Done. all right you ready yes go okay so it was my first time at packs unplugged it was awesome because it's my hometown hometown philly, philly. yep yep Rotown my mom philly. even came down and stayed in the hotel with me that was Great. really cool um, I was i shared i was in the same hotel as uh two of the guys from shut up and sit down uh, oh, cool. Matt and Tom. And three of the people from Boys to Men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Downtown Philly. And then Night Shyamalan. Motown Philly. Motown Philly. Motown Philly. Uh, but again. anyway, I ended up getting to play a couple games with them, which was really cool. Um, it was cold and rainy. Uh, I really like the, the vibe of the convention because... There is like in the main hall, there's like it's split between vendor area, you know, with uh, publishers and booths and everything. Mm -hmm. And then a huge side of open gaming because, you know, like some of the like Gen Con, there's not really like open gaming right there. Like you have to kind of go to hotels usually. It's a big problem at Gen yeah. Con is the, is the lack of open gaming. Yeah. So it's, it's a it's a problem that it's not very been, structured or something. People have been talking about it for a long time and it has not really been ever addressed well. Yeah. Mm. So this was really cool and they had this big like first look section where they have like a bunch of new games that you can just come sit down and play. Mm-hmm. So um, that was really good and I guess one of the main. One of the main things I'll tell She's laughing because I'm checking my watch. I'm, I'm counting down the three okay. minutes. The, the, the main thing I'll talk about, I played uh, I played 
a lot of games there. But one of the games that kind of uh, shook me a little bit was this new game called Soul Forge Fusion. Um, it's yes. a Richard Garfield game, and it's also co-designed by Justin Gary, who created Ascension. CCG popular. Or t- no, it's uh, neither because it's 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 more. Like you have uh, algorithmically generated unique decks similar to Keyforge, but it plays completely different to Keyforge. But you have these four different factions. So you get two different faction decks and you're kind of mashing them together. And then you're doing, you're dueling against someone in this like five lane based combat situation where you have creature cards and spell cards. When you play a card, you're going to take the next level up, like the more the next stronger version of that card, put it in your discard. Because every time you play a card, you're essentially, that card's gone. But uh, you're upgrading. But you're upgrading it. It. Yeah, so it's not deck building. Mm. Your deck is always going to be 20 cards or less, potentially, by the end of the game. But you're, you're leveling up your deck. And the choices you have in your hand as you're deciding, like, I have five cards, and you're usually only going to play two of them each round. So mm-hmm. it's like, which ones do I want to upgrade and then also like but i also have to respond to what my opponent is doing what what are these difficult choices that what like shook you is that what it is is it i got addicted to it i I taught my nephew and we played like every day and then when i wasn't playing every day i was angry (laughs) so but then that led me to flesh and blood which we'll talk about another day because you're you're um, you're out of time but we're gonna allow it because (laughs) uh, you showed me your your deck of of flesh Flesh and blood. blood And it is the art is gorgeous. That is a beautiful looking game. Yeah. So when I told Aldi that I was like gotten into Soulforge Fusion, he was like, "Oh, have you heard of Flesh and Blood?" And so that was the first time I heard Flesh and Blood. Then I'm also watching a lot of like Team Covenant videos on Soulforge Fusion mm-hmm. and like learning about this game that I'm excited about. And they kept saying Fab and Fab, you know, like Fab. And I was like, "What is Fab?" And I was like, "Oh, Flesh and Blood." So then I start looking into. That's not, not fabulous. Fab. This game is fab. So then I start. This does not know what the word fab means. So then I start looking into flesh and blood because of both these things, and it is this. That is a C. Uh, well, TCG is what they call them nowadays, trading card game. Yeah. But that is in that magic spectrum of okay. like people buying it to invest and collect. But the game is so good. <laughs> it's so good. You have you have you're basically competing against each other. There's like there's a multiplayer version, but it's mainly one v one, and you each have a hero. The heroes have a unique deck. You can buy these blitz decks, or you can kind of when you get good and buy a bunch of different booster packs, you can build your own deck to play with. And each hero kind of like there are different types of heroes, like they're wizards, they're ninjas, there are. Um, Guard, uh, no, guardians, there are rune blades, like, and they all like have such flavor in the cards that they play. You have a weapon, and then you have like you can have a piece of headgear, a piece of armor, something on your arms, something on your legs, which are different mm-hmm. cards you can have that you could use to do stuff. But the coolest thing about it, yep, if it wasn't already exciting, oh my god, um, the it's coolest fab. thing is you, so fab. you have so fab. <laughs> it's really fab. Um, you have four cards in your hand. Um, and let's say I'm playing against Tom in this example. And if it's my turn, I am attacking. So when I attack, I'm playing cards and I'm trying to combo this hand of four cards. I almost think of it like, like a poker kind of thing. Like I draw five, four cards from my deck and I want to like make the best hand I can and like be as powerful as possible. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, as I attack and I have this like attack chain, um, I start this, you can defend 
And but the, as you defend, you are spending cards from your hand that and you do not draw back until your attack phase. So you can either take it and then counterattack yes. or you can yes. defend, but then you're weakened. Yes. So you are like betting on if I absorb this eight damage from Candace because I don't want to use any of these four cards in my hand because I know I can hit her back with like 15. Like, can I do that? And also the cards um, on them, they have uh, their multi-use cards. So in the left corner, you have a resource value of when you pitch it to spend it as a cost. It's either one, two, or three. Mm -hmm. um, each card has a cost to play. Um, and then you also have an attack value and a defense value. And then there. Oh, so it's just like one big chaotic fight in a, in a, in a fun way, in a good flesh and bony way, right? Flesh I mean, and blood, like, not bones. Bo oh, sorry. <laughs> flesh and bones, the movie. But... Uh, it sounds like the third through person line. to mention that, by the way. Really? Yes. Yes. Yeah. When Dimitri heard of it, he said, is, that the, is it related to the Paul Verhoeven movie? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we were here and Paul or, or Trey heard it for, for the first time. He said, oh, is, is that the Rutger Hauer uh, vehicle? So it, it's it, and I, our, that our went over my head. IP adjacent. Our group is very specific. <laughs> To immediately come up with that reference, it's amazing. Went well, it right over like my the head. Through line, <laughs> the through line for really all these conventions that you went to, it seems like the things that you were really responding to the most were either card games or card-driven games this season. Isn't this that seems crazy? Like that's where your yeah, that is where your head is at. So can, that's I think a very can we exciting. Just give, can we just give her a hand? That was. <gasps> oh, I got it all. That got was on. that hour, was a lot. <laughs> that was an hour and fifteen minute travel log <laughs> through games, but also extra, extraordinarily helpful because like really shining a light on like a lot of games that I don't think are really on people's radars at all. Yeah, that's they weren't on my radar. So. Just phenomenal, but, Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah, and, and I I want to play Flesh and Blood with you guys. Okay, I I don't really do the the TCG thing, but you Yet. know, I always have fun playing with you, Candace. I know. We'll, so, we'll I'm not just saying that because you're here, but like I really do. Like you, you do get me to play games that are a little bit out of like what I normally play, and I always have a fun time. Cool, so. cool. Done. Yeah. Awesome. Done. Absolutely. Um, oh, so, so what else are we talking so, about? <laughs> so, there was a game, another ben, game ben, we played. Ben, how you been? You know, uh, <laughs> I have been, I have been well. I've had oh, a very nice good. week. I uh, played Great Western Trail Argentina with Trey and Dimitri earlier this yeah. week, which was which was interesting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was, um, uh, but I think really the main event was that yesterday here at Tom's office. Yep, we had a big game day. Uh, we had a we had a Friday night game night. Oh, I didn't, and, then, and I wasn't able to go to game night. Yes, so uh, Friday night game night, uh, Candice was uh, was there. Uh, she had the uh, the the trick taking game table. We oh, and I it. won Avalon, or we no, won. Not only yes. won Avalon, but I was Merlin. She was Merlin, and nobody knew it. <laughs> I was Merlin too. Nobody knew it. Nobody it the, knew it. Was, she was, it was undercover. They were accusing everyone else. Isn't it and great I when they go after like, each other? Yeah. All right, that's enough Avalon talk. No, it was fantastic. No, we can talk. We can talk Avalon because on Saturday we had we had Paul's birthday party game night and a game day, and we played Avalon twice more. So we played three three bouts of Avalon in the last uh, forty eight oh, hours. Yeah. Yes. Um, but so we, we played Avalon, and then the, the three things were Candace had her trick taking bonanza. Yep. Uh, we played Teletum, and we played Great Western Trail Argentina. It was my first play of my my. Oh new, yeah, how did you like it? Brand new copy. I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. Um, if anything, I wish it was even more different than the original Great Western Trail mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, I think it plays very similarly, but it does some very interesting things. 
decoupling trains from the destination delivery mm-hmm. system mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. cool. Is fascinating. Yep. Turning trains into a way to shorten your your Shortcuts, journey. Yes. Yeah, that, that's is really cool. Amazing. I love it. I absolutely love it. And uh, then basically turning the cost to place your disc farther along the train tracks, as it were, in the old game, has become a new grain material mm-hmm. cost. Mm-hmm. And there are granjeros. There's, a, there's no more uh, obstacles. There's no more landslides. There's no yeah. more uh, Native Americans that are... are for some abstracted reason, into teepees. For, for, uh, abstracted into teepees <laughs> yes. and are a hazard essentially for you yeah. because they enact a cost. Right. Instead, now it is much more thematic. It is we are trying to drive cattle, and if we cross a ran- a, a farmer's land, we have to pay them to. We're trampling their fields. Of mm-hmm. course, you'd have to pay them. That's natural, uh, but you can. Help the ranchers. You can save the ranchers. You can uh, basically invest in the ranchers and even put them on your board as a fourth type of person. And by doing so, uh, create kind of a grain engine because that grain uh, is what you're going to need to, A, transport your cattle because our cattle are no longer just going to Kansas City and they're they're no longer just going going to Chicago. All around the world. Grain is important. They're going a long way. They're going across the sea, ladies and gentlemen. They're international cattle. They're international (laughs) cows. I have to so I have to say uh, this is my second play of it mm-hmm. uh, this week and the first time I was with Candace and yeah. Jordan's where I met Jordan Back in the day and, and Jennifer and um, you met Jennifer there <laughs> I met Jennifer there <laughs> um, but we uh, that was a that was a super fun session but I remember like um, you guys were really amped on Argentina and I was more in a like uh, this is really good but I wasn't as amped and the second time playing it I'm still kind of in that space. A lot of the things that I felt were a little like convoluted the first time I played became clearer. Like mm-hmm. the, I think the big convolution in Argentina is that you mentioned these boats and and you you deliver cattle to boats, but then the boats all leave at different times mm-hmm. and they go to different cities and the iconography is not always clear. Yada yada yada. And the first time we played it, I was like, huh, what, huh? And then this time, it like I felt like I saw the Matrix a little bit more. And I think, I, by the way, as a pro tip, I found that the easier way to digest that information once you get the game is to organize the boats by um, by when they're leaving, not yes, by, by the, the numerical co- by the order. Color of the, by the yeah. color. And I, I found that's an w- easier, easier way to digest to, information. Okay. That's good. That's good. For people who don't know the game, I'm not even going to bother explain what that any of that means, but if you because it's like it's still just be so much in the weeds. But like if but if you have the game, you will hear what I'm saying and you will understand it. And I felt like if that is an area where you were confused, like that was what I felt was very helpful with that. Well, what I do is I just I keep them in you know ascending order. order, but I just pull out the ones. Right. Oh, so that's okay. what I done originally, but yeah. I still it was still found, confusing. It was still confusing. But yeah. I I don't know. I I'm not like. I still really enjoy the simplicity of the original one, the quote-unquote simplicity of the original one. Um, <laughs> what used to be the least interesting part of Great Western Trail, which was, all right, I got 12 points of cattle, so I guess I can go to this city and I can deliver to that city. And that's it. Boom. You get that many points and that's all you. That's all there is to it. Now becomes a much more nuanced thing because it's three steps. Step mm-hmm. one is put the cattle on a boat. Step two is at different times – those boats are going to sail or in some cases not sail and they just give you just give you points uh and then they're on these city spaces and then step 3 
is every time you deliver, you have an opportunity to pay to to spend grain to spend grain to move those cattle that are now in these European cities into the cities themselves yeah. and claim spaces. And those spaces are highly variable. They they are they offer money. They offer victory points or they offer a combination of the two and figuring out how to best manage that uh, is a it's a deepening experience for the game because it takes something very simple and suddenly makes a very interesting calculation where, you know what, I could get five points or I could get 12 coins. And with those 12 coins on this next round, I can get way more than five points. I can really ramp up my engine. But there's like an element of busyness that comes with that. So I think like my first play, I was like, this is cool. But I, I, I did initially kind of feel like some of the procedural elements of all that kind of got away from some of the fun that I loved the original. But I also felt like in the second game, like the procedural what felt like the procedural elements started to become a little bit more um, natural to me. So it wasn't getting in the way as much. It was like, it's just a right. process that you know what you can yeah. do and yada, and you can sort of, you can focus on the fun parts more. Totally understand that. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and Toledo was brought out to the table, which ostensibly we're going to talk about wait. today. I was going to say something about great Western trail. Please do. <laughs> no, I was just going to say uh, the very first time that I played it, I was actually, I think I, I was lucky enough to get advanced copies of La Cremosa and um, Great Western Trail Argentina so that I could preview it before uh, Spiel. And so the night I was playing La Cremosa with a friend of mine who actually originally mentioned it to me months ago, I was like, this game seems cool. And another friend who's a composer. um, But anyway, Great Western Trail Argentina had arrived that same day that I was playing that. And so we were like, after we played La Cremosa, we're like, let's. I was like, I haven't read the rules, and we're like, whatever. We know Great Western Trail, and we just broke it out and played, and it was awesome. Mm. And then I think the very next night is when I played with you, Jennifer, and Jordan. Um, so for me, like the minute I started playing, I it sparked back all the joy from the original game, and so I'm a I'm a super fan of it. One thing I will comment that uh, wasn't great is that they made the board glossy. Yeah. But the second edition version of Great Western Trail is a matte finish, so that's yeah, why, a little weird. Why? Why are you making glare where there doesn't need to be glare? Yeah, I, I don't love always, that. With Alexander Fister games, there's always one thing that's wrong, and you're always <laughs> it's like, "It's the glare why? this time." Why? Right. But the the uh, the other thing I was going to mention is when you're taking your disc from the port into this and placing in the city, you have to have all that grain up front to spend. Yes. Whereas later, when you're delivering to the actual boats, you, you can, can pay money. money. Yeah. yeah, which so, sort of takes the place of like the the tolls that you would pay in the original yes, game of yeah. where the, the train, train was. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. so it's it's I don't it's know. Cool. I, I like what grain adds to it. And seeing like how deep more. you want to get with the grain game. Alexander, if you're listening, because we know you are, uh, you can <laughs> come out with a new edition of Great Western Trail every two years. As long as you change at least 30% of it, we're going to absolutely love it because it, because really it just gives us an excuse to play your game again. Love it's it. It's wonderful. Love yeah, it. Just I, wonderful. I, I'm looking forward to playing more Argentina where it's just like we all know how to play and we can just all get into it, you know? Yep. Uh, Toledum was also on, on the table uh, Friday night. Ooh, we will <laughs> talk about Toledum at some point. We're running out of time. But we'll see what we can do. We're, we're going to make it really short, game. but we're going to tell you what, what we think. Uh, it was a huge hit uh, for the people that played that that night. We had like uh, 12 people, I think, at, at, at game night. So it was a lot of people. Um, then Saturday was... was so, so Paul, so there were, it wound up being seven people here. And Paul wanted to play a game 
where all seven people could play together rather than like a three and a four or something like that. So of course that's, that's kind of limiting. I had brought not alone, which is like a really fun, small seven player hidden movement card game thing. <laughs> um, that was my only contribution to the, to the, to what, to what a seven player game could have been. But like I said, I should have brought also thunder alley, but we wound up playing. It was the choices were, what were the choices? It was, it was struggle of empires. I mean, jokingly, I said diplomacy, diplomacy. (laughs) So we wound up playing, um, struggle of empires, which I believe (gasps) we, the three of us actually discussed about a year ago on the Brian Boru podcast. I seem to remember you mentioning it then. I believe I did. Yeah. So when you, so when you brought it out, it's Martin Wallace game. I never played it before. And um, I remembered you had mentioned it, and it seemed like people played it. So I was, you know, I personally was like, okay, cool, let's give it a try. You know, it's not like I was me that made the, de- the decision. I'm saying what was going through in my head during yeah. this process. You can play seven. Oh yeah, it ah. played. It's it's it's, fa- it's famous it's for being able to play. Game. The seven is the full player count for it. Okay, what did you think, Ben? You know, I came to the realization that those types of games are not my jam. Okay. Uh, like just sort of the, the top level view is, is you know, their big map of Europe and then um, colonies from Europe. And, you know, the game also probably has some things that don't mesh so well in 2022, you know, like like outright colonialism, et cetera. Slavery. Slavery. And, it's like mm-hmm, really mm-hmm. like, <laughs> yeah. well, like uh, whoa. I mean, though you can also say that it, it, but it is a it's refreshing. It's refreshing in that it doesn't sanitize or shy away. Right. Right. I mean, there is, there is that I could, I could make that you could argument to some degree, but either way, but that wasn't for me. Um, you know, it's a game where, uh, everyone's playing sort of a big European power and you're, you're, you know, you're putting chits on the board. You're providing for armies on the board, armies and navy. And you have the old version, right? Oh yeah, I got uh, the I got the original Warfog, like like made in the garage. I, when I played, it was the the deluxe Eagle Griffin version. Oh wow! So I was okay. like chits. Yeah, this was like this. This is like you're putting armies on the board, vying for vying for area majority. Um, I mean, you it's... can get special powers. The big. I feel like the big shtick of it, the coolest part, was before all that stuff happens. There's this the three rounds of an of an auction or three auctions basically to determine who's going to be on which side of. There's like a, two main alliances, and you're bidding to see who's going to be on which one, Alliance A or Alliance B, essentially. And that was by far like that was the coolest thing. But I think for me, but you, I, I, I was just going to say that that and seven players means that one faction has got four four countries and one <laughs> faction only has three, which creates this wonderfully delightful thing. Ben, you and I not only did we basically win, the, we had we had the most points at we, the we end. We played of very year. well together. We we allied. <laughs> we allied. We almost we allied entirely, all night long. Almost entirely worked together. With yeah, the only reason why I, no, suckered the, into the only reason why I did not help Tom later on because we were actually phenomenal allies. Um, paybacks from western empires yeah it was actually like it was actually (laughs) like there was it was a it was a total like western empires 180 but um paul uh in the middle of the game paul basically eradicated me from the caribbean which was fine that was that was what he had to do but at that point i was like i don't know really what i should be doing in this game but paul just gave me a a victory condition which is that i am going to get huge revenge on paul and paul all day all (laughs) all day long he's like well this is a game where you're either grinding 
or you're taking swings. And I think you got to choose grinding or taking swings. So in my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm going to take the biggest swing at you. <laughs> you just wait. So I built up my armies and like on a different part of the board. And then I had, I basically on my last turn, I just took all my, all everything and brought it into his area in the Baltic and just like decimated him. Crushed dreams. <laughs> Crushed But in order dreams. to do that, I was like, I couldn't sacrifice a single chit. So when, when Tom was in need, I did not help him because I was like, uh-uh, I'm keeping every single one of my boats yep. And then there was revenge. another time I needed your help. <laughs> I'm and taking you also swing. didn't help me the second time. But then it was just because Paul was like, it's going to make it more dramatic if you don't help. Right. Well, and I, and I, so when he said, when he said, like, no, 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 like, don't help Tom because it'll be more for drama, I, I accepted that because I knew when I was going to go in for Paul that, like, maybe Trey would help him. And I was, I could then see, like, what happened to drama. So, but, uh, but Trey did help him and you did not help me. No, no, Trey didn't help him. Trey didn't help him ultimately. Oh, wait, that's right. That's no, right. No. It, 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 I mean, but the thing is this we decided after the game takes place over three wars. And after the first war, we decided, we're going to call it because it had already been pretty long. So it was, we were playing not like play for real. It was like, now we were just kind of like playing for fun. And I was like, I probably would not have done half those things had it been a full game. But like, ultimately it's like, it's just not my thing. Like I don't really like games where the the real focus is putting things on a map and then things come off or moving things from around. So that's why I don't really like El Grande. Which might have the GMT problem for him. Yeah. but, But if there is a, if there is something surrounding that that is like really interesting to me, mm-hmm. I'm okay with it. That sure. is why I like Twilight Imperium. It is why like I like I really love Maria and I really enjoyed Friedrich. There are I I am capable of really enjoying area control, but I think I need a card system to fuel it mm-hmm. or something else. But if it's really and and obviously El Grande has stuff around it that's sure. really interesting, but I um. When it just comes to just amassing more chits on a board or cubes, it's just not it's, exciting. It's for very you. tedious for area me. control is essentially what you're saying. It's very area like, control is a even like red um, red mission red planet, which has lots of fun sequencing of stuff. I don't really like that game because ultimately it comes to just piling things onto a map and then they get moved around and they come off and they go on they come off and. Yeah, you you don't love area control because that's exactly what it is, yeah. right? Both of those have the first place gets the most in this area gets this point, second most gets this, and that's that's legit. And I think that's also something why I didn't really respond to Western Empires. Um, and again, Western Empires area has control. cool stuff, but like kind of at its forefront is really just that stuff. I think you'll like the coin games. Yeah, because there's a lot more the to decision. it. There's some the, negotiation ro- room. the The decision of do I take this event and let Tom get some powerful actions on his turn, or you know, yeah. I, I I like Twilight Struggle. I never play it because it stresses me the hell out. Yeah, but I but I but because there the again there's interesting card stuff. Yeah, the like, card, card that card. Da, 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 yeah. But like when it's really just. You know, and and let me be clear that this game, Struggle of Empires, is not just putting cardboard on a map. There's like there are things outside of that that you're doing. There are there were some there's some there is some really cool stuff in there, but I felt the coolest thing were those auctions for alliances, and they only happen th- that only happens three times per game, and it was a long time it to get utterly to them. Changes the game completely. I, I wish right. We, like, I wish that sir, that cycle happened, happened sooner, faster. Yeah. Uh, it was a bunch of people playing the game for the first time or not having played it in like five years. So that's yeah. always a difficult thing. I will say that there was 
so much laughter, so much screaming at the dice and what had I happened. Was, yeah, I was never. By the way, I was. I had no tantrums. I was. I was. Yeah. I was still in like a good mood. I was still happy. Yeah. But I just was like when I was playing. I was like, just not you. I was like, this is just. Yeah. It's tedious for me. But actually, I do think that the Western Empire's experience. That was actually that was a, an important experience for me because this time I was like, you know what, this is tedious for me, but I can either choose to have a bad time or I can choose to have a good time. And I said, I'm going to choose to have a good time. Well, cause what does it get me to, to be like, this game's tedious. So yeah. Okay. Congratulations. It's tedious. You're only, you're only hurting it for yourself. It's so try to, try to have the yeah. fun where you can have the yeah. fun, you know, uh, done. Yeah. Absolutely. Forget about it. The game was not tedious <laughs> for the other six players. It was, it was, what? it was, no, there were, there was laughter. I'm not, there were no, hundred percent no, 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 laughter no, no, no. and fun. No, I, listen, I, what I want to do here is I want to say that, uh, it was, it, it was fun. I had a great time. Um, I I know my son had a great time. I know Paul had a great time. It was it was a lot of fun. It is not everybody's cup of tea. It is a long game too. Which which yeah. and if a game is not your cup of tea and it's long, that's that that is yeah. that is the second sin, right? That 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 adds on. We had a, we had, we had a great time. It was a lot of fun. I, I was fine cutting it at the at the first one yeah. because then we got to play. Uh, two rather epic games of of Avalon, which is what Paul wants to do. But by the day. way, I think next time we have a situation where we want to play a seven player game, I do think that Hunter would be a good one to play because <gasps> oh, yeah. it is. I mean, it is a wonky ass game. It is so wonky, but I think it's it can be really really fun and with the right people. There, uh, there is a quick coup variant that that you kind of need to use because the problem is is that it's the coup is. It's, but it's, it's all, it's, I've never it's, played it, it's, but I've it's, been wanting to. It's role playing and negotiation, role playing and negotiation, role playing and negotiation. All right, let's stop and play a war game for an hour. This is, yeah. And I don't think it's like for an hour, but like it is, oh, it, it, is to- it, could, it, it is bizarre. <laughs> and it is a long game. And I think you just sort of decide, you just play it until you say, okay, this has been fun. We let's can get dinner. We can end it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think like in terms of a, like a fun, silly experience, it's really good one. I adore Hunter. Yeah. I adore Next Hunter. time we'll do one Absolutely, um, yeah. That was that was Friday. That was Saturday. So there, that was our. Let's let's talk about Teletum because I think this is a, actually a really good game to talk. A really important, not important game, but I think like I want to do. I do want to give this game its its proper due. Yeah, you know. So um, Matt and I, you know, around Essen time, you know, either get on the phone or text back and forth and figure out, you know, we, we coordinate our European buys. Like what are we ordering from Europe? You know, and we have that conversation. We have, uh, yeah, listen, Candace is there, so we don't even have to pay for shipping. And then, <laughs> and then, well, she's not respond, is responding to any of our texts or, or, or calls or anything like that. So, that's um, not true. So maybe, maybe, throwing maybe you we under the bus. I know, I know. Have to pay How do you for say bus in German? Shipping. And boost, then reversing boost. back over my autobus. <laughs> uh, throwing no, you no, under no, the we, car we reverse cart. We didn't even, we didn't even try because the fact of the matter is, is that having been to Essen, we came back with just for ourselves with with huge it's, duffel bags, it's a struggle stuffed to the See, gills. He 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 rushed you out of your packs conversation. Now he's talking yeah. about packing bag <laughs> boxes and bags now. But because the, the from from Essen is, in 2018, because she doesn't have room to bring back anybody else's stuff. Okay, I and it was it was a struggle for me bringing what little I did bring back. I had to shuffle things. Yes, you know, take. Comp- Opponents. I actually lost player boards for something for like a month. And then I, when I was going to John Clare's day, I was like, what should I bring? I was like, oh, this game, Peak Oil Profiteer, I'll bring that. Open it up. <gasps> 
They're the player boards for uh, what's the yeah another, another game. game. Right. Ah, it was exciting. Uh, <laughs> let me let me take a super quick detour to say that uh, the folks at Delicious Games uh, sent me oh, the woodcraft oh, yes. the woodcraft pieces. Good. I have a full That's and great. complete. They 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 responded very quickly. They did a great job. That's really kudos awesome. to you. It means the world to me that uh, um, responsive customer service. In a hobby like this is so important. Thank you so much. That's really great that they did that so yes. quickly. So, so quickly. Yes. Uh, Transcontinental have never received word back. <laughs> so just the good and the bad. The good and the bad. There you go. The good, the good and the bad. My, no my, judgment made. Just my in, stating two my, separate facts. My incomplete Transcontinental <laughs> is still incomplete. So there we go. So To let them. To let them. Uh, so, so, so Matt and I are, are going back and forth about what we're ordering. And I say, I think we got to order to let him. And he's like, are we over the tea games? Do we have to get another? Do we have to get another tea game? And I was like, maybe not. But I mean, doesn't one of us have to at least try it? Have to at least try it? Don't we have to at least try it? And then I looked at the game and I looked at the rules and I'm like, Matt, I think it's doing some interesting things with dice. It's doing some interesting things. It looks. I think we're. I think I'm gonna try it. He's like, okay, I'll try it too. Happiest decision we ever made because it <laughs> is great. phenomenal. Yep. Will you say who designed it? Yes, it is uh, Simone Luciani and Danielle Toschini. Toschini. Yeah. Is, is it? Is it? Is that how he is? Toschini. Toschini. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it is. Uh, the the Italian designers strike again. I. Um, I was of the mindset like I was kind of over the G games myself. Did not like Tekenu very much. Tawansiu was. I didn't even. It was fine, fine. Well, and Tawatsen Suyu is David Tertsi. True, it's but a, it somehow it's got, a tea game. But it it's, got lumped into the tea yeah. game thing. Yeah, it's not a Tashini tea you game. Taya Tawakin's a great game, although I haven't played it in a while. And the last time I played it was on BGA, and I remember um, leaving it, being like, mm, I don't know. I get like kind of took whatever that experience was took some of the bloom off of Taya Tawakin for me. I kind of have to oh. resurrect that. So anyway, my point point is when you guys were talking about Taletum, I was like. Yeah, okay, but like I wasn't really and, there yet. And to add on to that, when I demoed it at Gen Con, mm-hmm. I played it, I was like, oh, this is nice. I, I I was actually like crushing people for my demo game, but I was like, <laughs> okay, like this reminds me of Red Cathedral, get some right resources from Dice. And I, I didn't walk away from that being like, oh, I got to get this. I, it was just like, this is just feels like, you know, mm-hmm. it's more of the same Euro gamey stuff, you know? My first play was with Ben, Trey, and Matt yep. at uh, at Matt's place. I came in dead last, convincing last place. Like, like you had solid. a surge. You had a surge in the middle. I had a surge it looked in like you were coming and back. Then, and then, oh boy, oh boy, the game just left me in the dust. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and listen, say what you want. You, you could put ego aside all you want, but sometimes. Uh, how well you do in those first plays can equate somewhat to your how you enjoy it. to enjoy, yeah. enjoy the yeah. game. I could not have been more excited that's, at, at, the the end of the, at the end of the first play of Toledum. Crushed, destroyed, disheartened, wanted to play immediately again. Yeah, I was. Um, I actually was leading for the first three rounds of the game, which I couldn't believe. I was like, I can't believe I'm leading with with these guys. And then I was like, knowing me, I'm gonna have uh, in, in round three. I'm gonna. I'm going to screw it up. I did. And then I fell into third place and I, I was in third place for the ending. But I also was like, this is cool. This, is, this game is yeah. it. And basically for those who don't know, I mean, 
it's it's just a dry Euro game in terms of what it's about. Your merchants going around Europe, going to fairs, it is building it, cathedrals. The, the theme could be anything. <laughs> Hiring people. And, and I think... <laughs> Contracts. I have a theory about this. My theory is, is that when they can't decide on a theme, when the game is like, it's like, wow, this is a really good game, but there's nothing there. Like, it, it, it could be ones and zeros. It's like nothing. They're like... All right. Well, just pick a city in Germany. That's where it's. That's where it is. That's, and that's, like, that's what it that is. That is to me. I like the game a lot. I've only played it that one time when I was here, like okay. a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um. And yeah, I love that whole feeling of everything you want to do. Ah, oh, somebody did that. Ah, oh, and ra- racing to do these things. Like it's very exciting. It's very fun. I think it can play pretty fast, but. Um, sometimes people have AP and that was kind of, um, yeah, I don't, I don't seriously AP prone. You're absolutely right. But real quickly before, just to interrupt real quickly, just to say maybe even why there's AP, the, the kind of the shtick of the game is that, um, you roll a whole, whole bunch of dice, like 14 with, if you're playing with all four players, 14 and the dice, uh, you separate the dice up by their values, one through six, and then you put the dice with various actions and the whole thing is like maybe you can move your wagon across the board uh, if you take the wagon die you can you'll get a certain number of uh, actions so like let's say you have a a two die on the wagon if you pull the two die your wagon can move five spots because this there's the whole idea of it is that, that you have sort of like seven abstract points that are kind of used for doing your actions which you could think of as the uh, both sides of the die right because uh, all sides of dice equal seven right right so one side and the other so but you you receive sort of one fewer action for every pip there is on the die that that you're plugging from so if you take the wagon and there's like a two die and you take that two die you're gonna get five actions and then the two pips on that die are going to determine what resources you might get so you're either going to take high dice for lots of resources and few actions or low dice for not a lot of resources but a lot of actions and there's like various different actions that you can do and really the game is about deciding what die do you need at the right time to do the different actions? And of course, all the actions are intertwined. And that's kind of the gist of it. So to get back to you, Candace, because I did just interrupt you about the AP, that is kind of oh, a yeah. big HP generator. So, Yours. yeah. So, so um, my first game, there, there was, there are some people that were taking a long time. And that's kind of like frustrating to me just, because, just name like, them. We'll, we'll probably bleep it out. <laughs> because, probably. Because, Odds are we'll bleep it out. Because I, would like do something and immediately know what I want to do next. You know, whether somebody takes what you did, like you guys talked about when you originally talked about this a couple weeks ago, you know, I have a backup plan, but like if somebody is prone to AP, you just, we just sit there. We're all sitting there waiting, Yeah. but I will say, I love the game just mm-hmm. as my hot take mm-hmm. as Ben says. Um, I love the game. Um, I thought it was super fun did and it exceeded. The words hot take? <laughs> well, he says it a lot. That, that's that's <laughs> on the hot podcast. Take about my hot takes. Yeah, that's my yeah. hot take on Ben's hot takes on Game Rain. Um, but it exceeded my expectations after I had that original demo game where I was just like, oh yeah, sure, I move up this track, I do this, I get some resources. Like I I walked away kind of being like, that's fine, you know. And I wasn't like, oh, I can't wait to go sit down and play that. But then I played it and I really liked it. Um, but the theme tremendously disappoints me. Like I, I like it's 2022 and it just like 
can you think of something? Like, is there mm-hmm. a creative team where you can like brainstorm some ideas? Someone, I forget who, and I'm sorry to not give credit, but somebody was like, it could have been about game conventions mm. and you're traveling to different game conventions to do like, like just, yeah. there's so many different That's things fair. that could have been. And I just think like that is, yeah. it's, it's going to give it a ding for me. Cause mm-hmm. like, I get it. It's I mean, weak. there's no, there's no defending it. It's, it's, it's a very soulless, themeless game at the same point. They have this great mechanism where dice are rolled. There are six different actions, and each one of those actions uh, corresponds to a resource and an activity. Yeah, it's cool. And, like, (laughs) the the clockwork of it is so specific that finding a theme that works great for any one thing is is pretty pretty hard to come to. It's – listen – the, the game has a lot of... There's a lot of reasons I should not like this game. Reason number one, theme. You're, Candace, I could not agree with you more. Uh, reason number two, um, what you just said about planning your move before it's your turn. Uh, I love to do that, all right? And one of the great joys of gaming is realizing, okay, it's going to be three actions before it's my turn again. I just hope nobody chooses build fences, <laughs> because I really want to do put build, yeah. build, yeah. build fences, yeah, yeah. right? To use a, a classic e- example, right? And you're just waiting and hoping that doesn't happen. But if they, somebody does pick build fences, I'm going to do a uh, major improvement, right? Or whatever. Yeah. That, 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 that's the plan. This game has not worked that way for me. In the, <laughs> in, in the plays that I have had of this game, it has not worked out that way. It, to the point where I take my turn... And what I want to do is I want to turn away from the board and look anywhere else because <laughs> I do stressful. not I do not want to see the next three dice or the next two <laughs> dice that are chosen because they're going to be the dice that I want. Yep. yep. They will but that always is... be the dice that I want. And when it comes my turn again, I'm gonna I'm starting from I'm starting from scratch. And because the fungibility of the game is so vast, like anything you want to do. There's like five different ways to do it. I can spend two coins to move a die from this pot over to this pot. I can use this tile that I have that changes the color of a die. There's there's so many mitigating factors and ways to do that. Um, it reminds me actually a little bit of um, uh, Castles of Burgundy, right? Mm, it has, yeah. has a lot of different ways that you can skin the same cat, right? There's a lot of different ways. Uh, but it, I, yeah, you know what though, Tom? I feel like... Um, those things that you were talking about for me are not issues because on the, first of all, I think that that bracing for what other players are going to do, what dice they're going to take, I feel like is actually one of the fun parts of the game because Mm. you do, you, you do make these plans and then you sit there and you just like stare at the die or maybe you do stare away, but like that is actually fun. That is actually an interaction for me Mm -hmm. because you are really wondering what are they going to do next? Um, but also, I find that what I do is I sit there and I make plan after plan after I make a main plan, then a backup plan, and then a backup plan. And then what happens is when it's like two turns away from me, I'll be like, this is the plan I'm going to go with. And then when it gets to me, either something's changed and an opportunity's opened up, or I have suddenly have some last minute thought. I'm like, this is what I got to do. And you're like, oh my God. And I actually think that a lot of the game 
is really about editing your thoughts. And I think it's about mm. like that there, there are so on, on your turn, like you just said, you can literally do so many different things and you can, and you can see all these different paths you can take and just trying to figure out which is the correct path at the right time is it is really, 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 really hard in this game. And I, th- but that's like the thrill. So I don't mind actually the downtime because during that downtime, I'm coming up with different ways to do things. I only really mind downtime when I feel like someone is not grasping the rules after the 45th time I've like explained something to them. And that's when I get frustrated. But if someone's trying to like work out what they have to do, I'm okay with it. Listen, by the way, I started my my list of the three, the three right, things that, was that should make me not hate this. You're like, so but there was a but, you're, comma, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There is. So you're like, you're defending this thing that I'm like, no, 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 no. These are minor. These are not actually. I apologize. These are not actually attacks. These are things that I'm saying should and, right. and have. You did in say many, should. I apologize. In many instances, <laughs> set me away. The third thing is that this is a point salad game. Scores are in the 200s and, and, and things like that, like big high scores. And you could, sc- there's like 20 things that can score points in the game. There's a huge avenue of those. And I have to say that uh, you don't like putting chits on a map. I don't always love uh, point scoring. I think, I think Stefan Feld, <laughs> Stefan Feld did, did, you know, is the master of the point salad games. And for me, there's a there's a point where my where my joy of that type of game starts to lessen, and once the scores start getting up into the two hundreds, it's like, well, here I we could go. get seventeen <laughs> points over here if I do this, but if I build this third cathedral, I'm gonna get twenty three, and so I'm gonna <laughs> yeah, do that. Yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, it, it can it can get tedious. This game has all three of those things. It's my favorite game of the year. Mm. I, I absolutely Ooh, spoiler alert. I absolutely hundred percent. <laughs> Uh, adore it because there are so many different ways you can play it. And to your point about you make you make like two plans and then the plan one is gone and the plan two. Every time I play this game, I make in a four player game, I make three plans for what I'm going to do next round. I think twice maybe mm-hmm. one of those three plans has survived the the, the other three players' turns constantly. Exactly what I want to do. Like the, the game that we played, the very first game where I came in last. You said I had a I had a surge around turn four or five. I did. Mm-hmm. I had a huge surge, <laughs> and I knew exactly how to extend that surge and and keep things going. And then oh Couldn't no, do it. that is not yeah. going to happen. That is not going to happen in in the most delicious way. In the <laughs> most in the in the most wonderful way where you just see dreams die before you. <laughs> Also, the other thing that's really cool about it is the the re, the replay value. Is oh, it's like yeah, because you're changing the locations that are scoring, scoring each round, and just you, you know can change the actions, the actions around, the around the wheel. You like that is costs. really really cool. The, like, yeah, the, the 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 map seems to be very normal and very simple, but the map has huge ramifications yeah. depending on the the place basically there are going to be locations that the game is going to force scoring to happen based on and where those things are and the order in which they happen vastly complicates the game yeah and and and, and you know the interaction is not only just like oh picking the dice i was so surprised at um how many times we would overlap in doing the things that the other people want to do when i played the other night with jordan 
I was behind him in turn order, but somehow I kept on doing the things that he wanted to do next. And he was like, oh, there you go again. Like, I would take the, con- the exact contract <laughs> he wanted, go to the exact town that he wanted to go was to. Was it just two players? No, it was four players. Oh, okay. But somehow, yeah. like, I had, like, the way the rhythm was. And I feel like that also happened with you and me, Tom, at one point. And um, yeah. I, I'm always impressed when a game that feels like it has a million options still kind of sends people crisscrossing paths in that mm-hmm. way you know crisscrossing paths were slamming t-boning each other at intersections every time yep do you guys feel like it's a mean game because jordan yes. said he thought you so you extreme tell me, I, is, I don't feel like it's mean it is a supremely mean game it is a supremely mean why game. uh okay so the way people used to think about it is pvp right player versus player contact clashing into each other struggle of empires i you you took you stole Paul's lunch. You crushed him. You destroyed him. That is <laughs> that is the classic definition vendetta. of a mean game. But that's not that mean to me. Oh, wow. Meaner is outbidding you so that I force you into the wrong alliance. So your enemies are all around you. Right. That, to me, mean is taking fences when you know I've got a pile of like 20 wood in front of me and I've, I'm dying to dying, dying mm. to do that. It's like it's taking the thing that you've been dreaming about and denying it to you. And yeah. that get, happens in this game again and again. I feel like that's again. more cutthroat than it is mean. Well, and I feel like there's a difference between cutthroat fair. and mean. They're often yes. associated together because a lot of people call barrage a mean game, and I don't think barrage is a mean game. I think that like it's just there are games where like you got to get to that thing first, and if you don't, you are in for disappointment. But it's not often done maliciously. But it can. I mean, it can be for sure. Like if I, sometimes I will take something if I know that it's going to deprive everyone else of it at the board. I would agree with the cutthroat comment because yeah, to me it doesn't feel mean, but it feels highly competitive um and i i don't know i think that like yeah you'll be like groaning because somebody's taking that thing you want to do but it's like hey you could work your way up that king track and take turn order next time so they're like there are things you can do to kind of sometimes avoid being in those situations Mm -hmm, um so i i don't think it's mean I, I would maybe I, we just have thicker skin than you, Tom. I maybe uh, listen. I use the I use a care bear. I use a bowling alley metaphor a lot, right? Which is that uh, when you play with little kids, there's this thing where you can just push these bumpers up, yeah, yep. and suddenly uh-huh. there are no gutter balls, right? And there are games that operate in in that space. There's a like old school gamers complain about Euro games always having the bumpers up, right? Because mm-hmm. there's oh. You know, the Scooby Snacks, right? Oh, you do this little thing? Here's a little treat. Here's a little treat. Here's a little I don't thing. see anything wrong with that Stuff personally, like that. but I, I, love I, don't, a, I don't mind Why it. would I want, not want a snack? Then there's, the, <laughs> then there's the second level where you lower the, where you lower the bumpers and you can, fall, you can get a gutter ball and score no points. You can just – you can bowl the ball incorrectly and it falls off and, and it gets no points. Then there is the warped lane where the lane literally – curves so that it's almost impossible to keep the ball from rolling into the gutter balls there are and every game system to some degree uh has a relationship to to uh, utter failure and all that sort of stuff i would say that one of the reasons that that barrage is considered a mean game is that the game um encourages to some degree you messing with other people's works right it's it's not only allowed, 
but the game's design kind of push you steers in that direction. you that way, right? Mm-hmm. It's pushing you, pushing you to collaborate, to, to, to crush, <laughs> collaborate to make a larger infrastructure, to crush for the other people's <laughs> dreams is, is is what it's doing. This game doesn't do that specifically, but the game definitely does have a. You roll the dice randomly. You put the dice out there, and the game is completely designed for there to be two dice of the 14 dice that are out there that unequivocally this round are the dice you want to get. Yeah. Sure. And player three and player four, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a here's a lovely parting gift. Here's some rice aroni. But, but I mean, just, you got to just learn how to work with that got, and yeah, turn, I mean, turn those lemons I, I, into lemonade. Actually, it's game, not a complaint. I'm not complaining. I'm just saying that that when people say it's a mean game, it's a mean game because this is part of the design and that's that's fine I'm not- I, yeah i don't i still don't think that <laughs> makes it mean i think that just might i think it just makes it um I, intense i think that like because uh, actually what i have found is that yes there are often those dice and you, you want to be player order is important and there's a player order track in this game which by the way that first game i flogged that track <laughs> And I got a whole bunch of points for it all game, but I, you know, I didn't really build too much of an engine out because of it. But it was still fun. I still yeah. was incredibly competitive in There's that game. Op- yeah, you were well. You came in uh, third, but, it, but it's, like, but it's an opportunity it. cost, right, to take that action. But either way, so. Um, but I have found that, like, yeah. even when you don't get those sweet, sweet dice, like a lot of these things, you can combo and chain, and and almost anything you can do is going to be an interesting turn. Like, you're going to have a fun time, and you're going to have a good time. And um, I've always... I'm really impressed with it. I there are, I do have quibbles. Uh, component quibbles. I already talked about the player aids. I mm-hmm. think it's ridiculous that this game does not have player aids. Like, I, 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 I actually thought maybe they were missing from my package because I was so shocked that they were not player aids. That's crazy. There have to be player aids for this if they're going to reprint it in the future. Like, that's mandatory. And a new theme. <laughs> uh, and then in terms of, like, the dice, there's, like, a light blue die. There's a light gray die, a dark gray die. And those correspond to light blue resources, a white resource, and a dark resource. And I have to say, that color scheme, while it matches the palette of the board and everything, is a pain in the ass. It's mm-hmm. really, especially because, like, you have an actual white resource but like a light gray die yeah. and then yeah. you have a and then you have a, a sort of a, a medium gray resource with a dark gray die like why why do this to us like can you give us a different like why not have know, a white die a friend, friend of the pod die. friend of the pod bond is very colorblind and i haven't played this with him yet i want to play it with him because sometimes what what looks to you like it's going to be a real a real color issue and kind of is i don't disagree with what you're saying i totally agree with it Sometimes for colorblind people, it's like, oh no, that's not a problem at all. It's it, you know, it's because it's all the, the the shading. But I suspect that there's a good chance that there might be a colorblind issue in this. Well, game when as well. under low light, those dice become almost identical. They become almost identical. But yeah. those are really my only two quibbles. I, I one thing I really want to highlight is how clean this design is. Like it is, I am so impressed with this design like i i just I, it feels classic it feels like something that's been with us for 10 years yep. and that's why i actually don't have a problem with the theme because for me the whole game feels oddly nostalgic mm. you know but i would be totally down for a better theme but like I, I don't have a problem with this theme but the systems flow into each other so 
effortlessly and yep. so intelligently. Like there's this whole thing where you can gather people and you put them the people into your houses, and then if you put the if you fill up a, a house, you're going to get um, you unlock a wooden house, and then also you they have people have powers when you put them in you get like a, a thing that happens but you might reactivate those things and then if you do this thing you might actually get a modifier on the thing there's just like there's like layers and layers in which these systems like work together and it is it is just like to me a model of clean brilliant board game design butter 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 it is yeah. a butter game it really really is like it's fun like i feel like when yeah. i play it i'm just like smooth and creamy so, i love it I, I love it i haven't played everything yet this year i mean there's a there's a few games that i'm that i'm dying to play but it's my it's my it's the funnest game that i've played this year and i highly recommend people check it out right yeah. so so seeing as though it's the holiday time and it's the end of the year we will have a our best games of the year episode coming up we're not there yet but if you had to say one or two games that you think right now are vying for the the crown for you, I've already said for me. I, I think it is. I think it is to let them for, uh, for me. What would it be for you guys? Okay. I think. Yeah, I also have not played a lot of things. <laughs> I've played a lot of things. Uh, big part. But you know, you know what I mean. Like I haven't played Revive yet or Woodcraft. Yep. Um, yep. and I I haven't even played a full game of Federation. Like there are all sorts of things. So I but. Right now, I would say John Company Second Edition and Great Western Trail Argentina. Wow. All right, yeah, okay, uh, solid. I, yeah, yeah. No I am. I'm torn I, I, between Toledum and Audubon. Audubon may have like the slight edge. It's uh, it's a it's an interesting point counterpoint because Audubon is doing some really I think fresh things and exciting and interesting things with inter really interesting and fun interactions, but it is not a clean design. It is there. There's a lot of messy and fiddly elements, but the, at the end of the day, those elements are kind of superficial because the game is doing such fascinating stuff. But then Teletum is such a strong second. I don't know. Like it might overtake it. I mean, Teletum is just a great design and just so deeply fun uh, that even though it doesn't feel like it's, um, even though it feels sort of like sort of like a, it's it's just good old fashioned, you know taking dra dice drafting yep. just does it so 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 well and Can't yeah tell. i need to play it more so and I, I i want to and Same. you know who knows it might shoot up but listen now that you're now that you're not traveling quite so much i want you here at friday nights and i would yeah. love to to game with you other than friday nights as well we need to play more of these ben i have to play autobahn i haven't played it yet i would I'm love to play to. it with you i think you would I, really enjoy it we i need to play again too because we played that two-player game yes and i remember thinking like i don't need to back this not that it was like carnegie but i was like I don't know. I'm like, right. I'm, again, I'm trying to like refine my collection yeah. a little bit. Like, do I need mm -hmm. both of these People games? People have said that about, Car about Autobahn and Carnegie, and I don't think the games are actually anything alike, except for that there's an actual, you can put meeples in an office. Right. But people have been saying that online too. I, I think it was more, I, I know they're not like alike at all in how they play, but right. maybe in the complexity, I don't know. There's something where I was like, I don't need both of these games. I need to, you know, yeah, yeah. pick one Candace, I, I want to have you back on the podcast very soon because I want to do a, uh, a a board game collection curation episode where we Ooh. talk because I kind of I want to talk to you about 
like I've been where you are right now yeah. several times in my board game career where you ha- where you have to do the call and stuff like that and and how do you do it thoughtfully and what are the criteria that goes I think it's a fantastic topic yeah. that we should be talking about yeah. so I want to have you have, have you back methods. so that we can so that we can do that sure. and sort of compare That'd notes awesome. in terms of in terms of how to do it but also to say that um even though the goal is to cull down uh, to some degree, it's a mistake to not get the the, the the new stuff because you kind of have because what you end up doing is you end up stopping yourself from a, a natural process. Well, I can't avoid the new stuff. No, of course. <laughs> you know? I mean, I'm not saying yeah. you have, but yeah. I'm just saying it is yeah. one of those it is one of those weird things where you feel like, oh my god, it, you know, it's like book yeah. book lovers, right? It's yeah. like, oh. I have 20 books to read. I just bought another four books. What am I doing? Yeah. But again, like if I, if I look on my shelf and I'm like, I want to play brass more, I want to play great Western trail more. I want to play great Zimbabwe more. You know, I want to play underwater cities more. If I play something and I'm like, I'm more excited to play underwater cities. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not going to stay. Yeah. You're great. You're, you're the bar for staying in your collection gets ever higher. And by the way, and, and, and to sort of, Bring it back to Toledum for one second. And now we're sort of wrapping up. But that's why I think I was so impressed with Toledum is because it was in a territory that we've feel like we've been in and yet it felt exciting. You know, I was thinking about uh, Coimbra, which also comes from the Italian designers. Yep. I own Coimbra. I like Coimbra. I never feel compelled to bring it out. Like I'm like, Do yeah, I, get rid I, of Coimbra? I liked because, it and I sold it. Yeah. Because like the idea, yep. the, the, the central thing in that is you are dice drafting and the color of the die you're choosing and its value are working very interesting. Like that's such a cool thing. Like mm-hmm. it's actually brilliant. It's my favorite part of that game, obviously, but it's also kind of like the only part of that game. You know, once you do that dice draft, you do, you, you, you draft your dice, you pay your money, you collect cards. And then it's like an income phase and the round is over. There's, you don't really There's not a lot do more to anything. It. Yep. There's like every round has a first act and a third act, but no second act. And, when you play a game like Toledum, it's like, oh, maybe I get rid of Coimbra. Even though they're different games, they kind of live in the same space. And Would you say one is margarine and the other <laughs> I think one might be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I think one's a, a buttery spread. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going we're gonna to call it here. Um, guys, just phenomenal. I could talk to you for like four hours straight. No question I, know, I can't it. believe it's been so long. You guys are Two awesome. hours. Big wow. one. It has. Um, to everybody out there, listen, I was sick for two weeks and uh, it wasn't COVID, never tested positive for, for COVID, but there's some nasty stuff out there. So as we uh, get together with, with friends and with family over the over the holidays, uh, just be very careful. There's, there's some nasty stuff and it all seems to be spiking at the exact same time, flu, RSV, uh, uh, COVID, and... Uh, uh, we want to get together. We love to get together. The gaming hub, the board gaming hobby in particular, is all about exactly that. But, but please do so in a safe way. And don't touch your face. Don't yep. touch your mouth, your nose, mouth, or your my eyes. My fingers are literally on my mouth right it now. Is, it is <laughs> don't so. Do it. it is so easy to say, but it is so hard to do. But to try and, and keep that in mind. Um, we have a, a lot of resources for you. We have a YouTube channel. We have a Facebook group we have a discord channel if you are a a fan of other podcasts besides just ours may i recommend two to you may i recommend the relatively brand new board game geek official podcast that is hosted by candace harris and is just phenomenal candace congratulations thank you thank you i'm I'm learning i'm huge fans of yours (laughs) thank you thank you i always appreciate the support of course, you guys. always you'll always have it for us. 
Uh, and uh, listen, if you are into Bravo and the shows of Bravo, uh, Watch right. What Crappens is a huge, 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 like, like just it is to 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 even include it in the category <laughs> of podcasts that we do. Uh, <laughs> another level, another it, level. It's, <laughs> listen, it's it's kind of like saying, technically speaking, the space shuttle is a vehicle, <laughs> the same way my bicycle is. Listen, a rising tide lifts all the boats in podcasting. I firmly believe that. And, you know, we've been doing it for 10 years. But, you know, you just started the BGG, you know, thing. Game Brain's been around. Actually, Game Brain's been around for like three years now. Four years? Three years, yeah. So, you know, it just, it takes time. But anyway, but to that end, by the way, uh, we are, Watch What Crappens is going back on tour next year. So yeah. if you're interested in partaking in the Watch What Crappens experience or seeing what all the madness is about, even Do if it. you don't watch Bravo, I highly encourage it. We'll keep you updated on when tickets go on sale. Yes, it's amazing. I don't watch Bravo, but it was such an amazing show. And just to watch the people who do watch Bravo who show up, they're so into it. It's great. <laughs> and well, Ben's sitting hilarious. around like like thirty women in their twenties and thirties, and Ben <laughs> Ben name checked me in the middle of the, yeah. the thing. Said, "Oh no, we're talking about the Real Housewives of New Jersey and my friend Tom from New Jersey." And they all knew my name was Tom, and they looked at they saw the the, the shout out. They all looked at me, and they're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> I remember that. Like, it was very exciting. I was I was like secondhand famous because Ben said my name and I was like, oh geez, okay, this is a this is a cult uh, we wanted into. <laughs> Everyone is welcome in the cult, so please go listen to Watch Crap. Please do go to listen. And you've been listening to Game Brain, produced and edited by Matthew Robinson, Tom Donnelly, Trey Alsop, and Ben Mandelker. Special thanks to Daedalus for our incredible music. More on Daedalus at GameBrainPod.com. Thanks to Edomar Pelleg for incredible graphics. And uh, listen, you can always reach us at contact at GameBrainPod.com or on Twitter at GameBrain underscore pod, at least for now. Thanks for listening, and go play some music with friends or make some friends with games.